I hate to go all technical on you, but all hands on deck, swirly thing alert! Attention! Listen, you motherfuckers. Buckle up, pedal heads. You're experiencing the Lotus Effect with Phoenix and Phone Boy. Are you fucking it high? Was- yes, I am! Asshole face man! You are my podcast. My only podcast. So if you fucking take my podcast away, I'm going to shove my foot so far up your ass. Oh my God. It's very creepy. Just a little weird. Maybe it'll catch on. Who knows? It is out of sheer morbid curiosity. I'm allowing this freak show to continue. How do you fix that, though? Take a big step back and literally suck my dick. Do I have your attention? Send your dick pics. (laughs) I got a whole folder full of dick pics, okay? Are you interested? I know you are because it's fuck or walk. You're shitting me. Have you made your decision for Christ? To tell you the truth, I don't give a shit. I would not say such things if I were you. Who the fuck are you? Phone Boy and Phoenix. I don't know, Phone Boy. Those two are those two are pretty interesting to listen to. Oh, they're horrible. They're fucking nuts! But they don't know shit about fuck, clearly. You just can't trust them. I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Bullshit. Now with twice the whores. The offensive has begun. Well, here we are with episode 111 of The Lotus Effect, uh, that show where the content's made up and the and the show doesn't matter. I don't know. Uh, which we provision th- this episode one. Yeah, we got we got a we got a satchel of Richards here, a small satchel of Richards uh, for the for the episode number. There you go. It's going to be a while before we get to uh, that again. Uh, they have to do a thousand more episodes, honey. That's a. Do you uh, think we could do it? Um, I think I can. I think I can. We'll try anyway. Um, so, but uh, the show again. We, we we might change the show title depending upon what what random shit we say. And um, you know what? Um, yeah. I'm phone boy. I clearly don't know what the fuck I'm doing. Yeah, you clearly have no fucking clue what you're doing, and neither do I. I'm Phoenix. That little no. bitch. Yes, yeah, so we had some... F- <laughs> yeah, well, y'all, we're going to have to tell you what's been going on the last 24-ish hours or so. Um, yeah, we but but it but uh, it commenced in us having uh, three Bemroses and a NetNed in uh, in our uh, um, in, in Rideshare Radio last night. It, it was, was legendary. So we got some clips. Um, and that and was- if you weren't there, motherfucker, you missed it. Right. Because that is like a blue moon. It don't come around that often. Yeah, well, I think we're ready to get this show started, though. What do you say? I think so. Let's do it. What is this, a freakout? This is kind of strange. This is terrific. I think I'm going to be sick. (laughs) Not a speck of light is showing, so the danger must be growing. Are the fires of hell a-glowing? Is the grizzly reaper mowing? Yes! The danger must be growing for the rowers keep on rowing and they're certainly not showing any signs that they are slowing we're there i just had an orgasm uh, well anyway you know i'm, I'm noticing this as a trend sir ben Rose has an orgasm every week when we start this show where is interesting it? yes i know coincidence well, I, I think not <laughs> oh exactly um i don't know i heard a rumor that uh that uh, dame bemrose finally made him a honest man and he's had to go back to grunt work um him and his little frail hands you know handling them packages you know not the least of which is his own damn mic dropping yeah but maybe that's how the lotus affects him uh i don't know how i don't know how the lotus affects you uh 
well, thank you for your courage and pro- for helping to propagate the fo- the, 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 the the Podfather's uh, formula um, that we that we are doing the value for value formula. And if, if you're new to No Agenda, because we do uh, we yeah we do a circle outside of those uh, outside of those circles, and we occasionally pick up some uh, additional folks. Let's let's explain how this works. Now, we no, oh, I won't say that I um, understand everything, but it was certainly uh, different. And oh, uh, yes, well, well worth a dollar. Yes, uh, yeah. Well, that was a dollar in 1970 mumble when the uh, when that clip was a uh, uh, when when the Fireside Theater recorded. Uh, um, the, the, I think we're all bozos on this on this bus. Um, that's where that clip came from. Um, but so we are a value for value podcast, and we provide you value in the form of entertainment. Now you know that's at least we think it's entertaining, and y'all keep coming back every week. So uh, you know we've gotten. Yeah, I'm I'm always I'm kind of surprised at the number of downloads we've gotten. Uh, you know that when I looked at it, what did I say? Twenty thirty thousand over the last four. Five days or something. Easily. Like yeah, yeah. It, it was definitely a number that we couldn't balk at. Yeah, I'm like, okay, people are listening. That's cool. So um, so however you value however you value that, whether it be time, talent, treasure, or something in you know, something in the middle there, um, contribute it back to us. And there's lots of ways to do that. You can go to lotuseffect.show, which is our website, and you click on that green we like money button. You can send us some fiat fund coupons via PayPal. Um, <clears throat> you can send us some boostergrams using a podcasting 2.0 app, and uh, which we're gonna and we're going to read some some of the boostograms from that here um and uh and we've also got uh, yeah i need to I, that's actually one thing i need to that's one thing i need to check while i'm while i'm sitting here and, and looking in the mail oh there's that that's there's a reason because we're in the, we're in that segment of the show where i gotta we're gonna we're gonna read the uh, gotta read the value for value contributions right. and so you can also send it via the postal mail if you'd like it uh, you can uh, hit us up in the back channel for uh, for an address um <clears throat> so meanwhile we're gonna we're gonna see the value we got back now we just i just checked or i just checked the uh, the paypal and we got our monthly donation from sharky uh seven dollars and 66 cents we appreciate you sharky Ooh, thank that's, you sharky so i gotta i've gotta write i gotta make sure i write that down uh in in the um, in, in, in the uh, what do you call it the the monthly donation that comes in now um, at the end of the last show uh, you had boosted thirty three thirty three sats saying this is a new live son of a bitch great show y'all let's party and then you boosted another thirty three thirty three sats asking and because because again oftentimes boostergrams are used for uh, not sending us messages but for sending us song requests and rideshare radio and studio thirty three we uh, that we uh, we do do uh, studio thirty three after we record um, uh, after we record the Lotus Effect and then we do the rideshare radio on Fridays at eight p.m. Central uh, so this is a uh, you know, that, that's one of the if you if you boostergram during that that we tend will prioritize your request so that that's how that works and and then. Uh, Mama T also did it for 33 or 333 sats saying, let him in. Uh, Paul uh, McCartney, my af- afternoon chaos. Yeah, those kids uh, that, that you got. And then we then we got some uh, good. We got some boost from Piranesi. We got a, a triple shot of 3333 sats. We start with pussy Brazilian girls. Wheeler Walker Jr. Puss in boots. Uh, and then uh, Wheeler Walker Jr. Fucked by a country boy was your was actually your follow up to that. So that's what's what. Yes, the, it was. Yeah. And then you boot and then you boosted smoke two joints by the toys uh, with 30 with 333. 33 sats and then we got a uh, dotarted has has uh, started uh, boostergramming our show here we so we got a uh, we got a boostergram on uh, an episode 109 which was two episodes ago in the last episode 110 he says uh, he boosted 3369 sats saying i'm finally dove into the P- podcasting 2.0 and caught your podcast what a treat but also a surprise i thought the lotus effect is bragging about your new lotus supercar new life new hottie and midlife crisis well just joking it was a great show i agree with phoenix you have to treat those hens right when our roosters started picking on them, they became roasters. The last rooster is very polite and very nervous. 
That's right. You've got to establish that dominance. Please keep up the good work, and I'll look forward to many future editions. Now we boost to Graham again. This is he got we got us a one three three six nine sats. Uh, that's, that's a nice number, and it says, uh, "What a great show, you two! Phoenix was on fire, had me rolling in the aisles. I wish she wouldn't sugarcoat everything and just tell us how she really feels. I'm sure Phone Boy had your best interest in mind when he woke you up. You're learning IT. Engineers are on call twenty four seven. It's important that they wake up and be alert so they can do their job. I'm sure this was just a training exercise, and he didn't want to put you back to bed grumpy. What a husband! Don't punish him too hard in Las Vegas." I keep joking with him that, uh, you know, we are going to Vegas. We we could just secretly do what we did when we first got together, which is uh, tie the knot and then tell absolutely no one. But everybody will still know because we are shitty at hiding secrets. Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, so Mama T boosted uh, 333 sats saying, Genuine, so anxious. That was a song. And then you boosted 3333 sats saying, Peace be with our friends in Israel. Uh, we Therefore, we're playing Joshua Aaron's uh, Shalom, uh, the Shabbat Shalom song. And then... Right it's before, so pretty. And then right before we got started here, Rev Cybertrucker, uh, which and I know he's got a cavalcade this week, so uh, he boosted 3333 sats saying, Waldorf Statler 2024. I couldn't agree more. It's That's right. A bunch of fucking Muppets are in, running the country already. I'm, let's, get, let's get some real Muppets in there. Let's see if we can do better. I would absolutely love if Waldorf and Statler could run for like presidential platform president vice president but those two old goats would spend so much time arguing over who the fuck was going to be the president and who was going to be the vice president you wouldn't get anywhere anyway so it would basically be just like government now yeah well yeah the best the, the most useful government is the one that does nothing if i'm honest so yeah because we sure as hell can't expect them no. to be honest yeah exactly so all right um so now I, we are into the feedback segment I got mail. Yay. So, oh, yes. Uh, that reminds me. I, I, so um, can you read through this? I need to pull up something for this segment. Um, yeah, no problem at all. So uh, in this segment, we talk about the fact of ways you can send us feedback. Well, first, you can send us a message on No Agenda Social. He is at Phone Boy. I am at Phoenix, P-H-E-O-N-I-X, with a bunch of shit after it. You can send us an email, phoneboy at lotuseffect.show, phoenix at lotuseffect.show. And I can assure you I check my show email at least once a day, if not more, because I'm extremely OCD. Uh, before we went into the segment, he was talking about how you can send us through something through the uniform member of the Postal Service, that government official that brings the shit you don't want, like bills and uh, summons to jury duty. But if you want the address to send us something physically, you can hit us up in the back channel. We'll take care of it. Another way you can give us feedback and also contribute some value to what we do is you can call or text 253-237-3321 and weigh in on the refire topic for the week. One ringy dingy. Two ringy dingy. Dell Computers, this is Chip. Yeah, the, well, the refire topic this week is actually, do you want white meat or dark meat? Um, it's, it's a, it's a fair That's right. With with Thanksgiving coming up, yeah. we want to know what part of the bird do you prefer? Because there are some people, like Phone Boy, who like the drumsticks, the dark meat, and the nice, unctuous, fat-infused, flavorful meat of the bird. So let us know. You like dark wheat? Yeah, dark wheat. You like dark meat or white meat? Uh, um, we want to know two five three two three seven three three two one, or you can sound off on any of our past refire topics, like your favorite season, your favorite position. You know, we we we've come up with some really interesting topics that people have sounded off on, and this is just another in that you know line of 
questioning, if you will. But we definitely want to hear uh, what you prefer. And if also you want to tell us, like, with Thanksgiving coming up, what's your favorite uh, thing to eat on Thanksgiving? Are you the pumpkin pie person? Do you go straight for that turkey and that nap afterward? Are you putting your face in the mashed potatoes and gravy? Tell us about it. 253-237-3321. Yes. And actually, what I, the reason I was, I was having you vamp for me is because I wanted to play a clip from, uh, from our friend Vox, who, um, who actually oh, yeah. had, a, he had, she had a nice mention for us on the, uh, uh, on her podcast, uh, one of her podcasts called Cl- uh, Complex Candor. It's, uh, uh, they do a deep dive on top, on, on, a, on a specific topic. It's and they, fantastic. They, if you have not checked it out, we definitely advise a listen. So we're going to, we're going to play this, uh, we're going to play this uh, clip. Hopefully this will work. Uh, and so I had to, this is what I was trying to bring this up. I'd realized I had not put it into the show notes and so, uh, and I'd forgotten to put it. So here we go. Let's hope so this, this is works. the part where I like to thank the entirety of the mighty No Agenda stream and express my undying gratitude for allowing us to play along. Uh, everybody who contributes to this network, everybody, everybody, you are so appreciated. I might not even know all your names, but I love you. So uh, also, this is the part where I like to tell you about an awesome podcast on the stream. And today's awesomeness is brought to you by The Lotus Effect, where Phoenix and Phone Boy talk about health, happiness, and the pursuit of higher consciousness. Now, they like to say that it's all made up and it doesn't matter, but I've listened to their show and it's not all made up. They get real facts. And it does matter. It matters a lot. They speak my language. Um, and they might speak yours too. So check them out. You can find Phoenix and Phone Boy at lotuseffect.show. Or you can just stay glued to the stream. You'll hear them on Saturday nights. And it and all the time, they, they get played a lot. Uh, and for good reason. It's a good show. Check them out. Yeah. So Sam, take us back to where we left off. Okay, well that's what... we we got the Vox seal of approval. What better do you need? <laughs> now my life is completely just it's it's whole. The Podfather knows my name, and I got a total shout out from Miss Vox. There you I, go. Take me, Jesus. I can die now. My goodness. So if you want to mention us on your podcast and get us to play it, please tag us on No Agenda Social. Uh, anyway, um, so, uh, but meanwhile. There, there's uh, something else that they need to do yes. if they're going to uh, give us all this feedback and stuff. Yep. Give it to me straight, doctor. I need, I need to fix that clip. I've got the wrong clip in there. Ooh, yeah. don't, don't, don't. Yeah, so this is the clip I need to play. So just sit right down, relax, open your ears real wide and say, give it to me straight, doctor. I can take it. Yeah, but you know what? There's one thing I, I, I'm not going to do. We don't want your shit. Please, Please don't send us your shit. shit. Yeah. That's right. Be respectful. Do not be racially insensitive. We're not dealing with any of that homophobic bullshit. Not dealing with that anti-Semitic bullshit. Especially not the anti-Semitic bullshit. I hear anybody talking shit about Israel. We, we're going to have a problem. Yeah, let's, 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 we're we're going to keep the politics out of it. Yeah. But look, just be a good person. Tell us you like us. Tell us you hate us. Tell us how you think we can make things better. Yeah. But be respectful. That's all we're. That's all we're asking. And also, just make sure. Ask not what your podcast can boost for you, but what you can boost for your podcast. Yes. That's right, because we like the boost. The hills are alive with boosting. 
Yes, I and mean, we, we these we, are beautiful. Where did you get these? Oh, this is this. There's a there's a repository of these kinds of um, boostagram things uh, that are that are made available by the podcasting 2.0 uh, cabal. So um, yeah, there, there's. Well, you do enjoy uh, surprising me. That is for sure. We have the boosts. Yes, we do have the boosts. We do so have the boosts. Boost early, boost often. Meanwhile, let's that's right. let's. You uh, know what else we have? We have a health segment that's. Uh, Brought to you by Pfizer. And today we are going to be talking about some stuff that involves, um... Oh! 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 Pfizer's jealous. Of uh, the the success of Ozempic, and they're getting they're probably getting their ass handed to them by this fact that most people aren't taking uh, the, the majority of people are not taking the COVID nineteen vaccines. Uh, yeah, safe and effective uh, was safe at, for whom and effective at what is what I want to know. But um, but meanwhile, Pfizer wants a chunk of the budding weight loss drug market, which it believes could eventually grow to ninety billion dollars. Be with a billion. Yeah. Uh, but analysts said that upcoming data on Pfizer's experimental obesity pill, uh, Deng, uh, uh, Pron, uh, is the internet is for prawn. I don't know. Um, will be, cru- yeah, that for, will be crucial to how competitive the company can be against Eli Lilly and Novor Nordisk, who are the companies that make the, make Ozempic and, 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 and the other one that was just the, 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 anyway, the other, the other one, yeah, the other one of the other ones. Now the investors want to see Pfizer's drug cause a similar level of weight loss as a once daily pill from Eli Lilly in a phase two trial in obese patient, patients with diabetes. Now those companies helped spark the weight loss drug gold rush over the last year with their weekly obesity diabetes injections such as Novo Nordisk's Wegovi and Ozempic's and Eli Lilly's Manjaro. They are now racing to develop their own pills for obesity and diabetes. Now, investors are waiting for Pfizer to release phase two trial data on its twice daily pill in obese patients without diabetes by the end of the year. They want to see the drug cause a similar level of weight loss as a once daily pill from Eli Lilly. Investors are also eager for Pfizer to release trial data early next year on a once daily version of Danuglipron, which is, was seen as the more competitive form of the drug. Now, Pfizer sees a major opportunity in the segment as it looks to rebound from plummeting demand for its COVID products and reverse a roughly 40% share price drop during this year. Um, Encouraging results from the trials may trigger the same enthusiasm for Pfizer that boosted the share price of Novo Nordisk and Eli Lilly uh, this year. Now, if Pfizer's data is positive, I think people might be able to look beyond this COVID overhang. Cantor Fitzgerald analyst uh, Louise Chen told CNBC. Now, um, Pfizer's upcoming phase two trial data will provide a glimpse of twice daily blah, blah, blah. Okay, so I'm not, not, I think I'm, uh, you know, the Pfizer's bottom line is that Pfizer. I I just want to say the numbers on this of what you're getting weight loss wise with these drugs in comparison to if you just cut out the grains and sugars i know you hear us tout it all the time we're like broken records change the record but we're not going to do it we're going to keep telling you all that you don't have to take this pig pharma and make these sick old white bastards even more rich you can do this by taking the sugar and the grains and the seed oils Out of your diet, eat clean, live clean. You can do it. And I guarantee you, you'll lose more than just 10 pounds in four months. I guarantee it. Yes, exactly. You can lose a whole lot more weight than that. Yeah, And you won't deal with things like explosive diarrhea, guts that stop working, uh, you know, all the other side effects that these drugs that are safe and effective are 
causing. Speaking of safe and effective, um, I think the I think the next story needs to be safe and effective. Now, um, an an actress sues AstraZeneca after COVID nineteen jab leaves her with brain injuries. Apparently, so an Australian theater star and vaccination advocate is suing pharmaceutical company AstraZeneca, claiming that a life threatening stroke left her unable to work after taking the company's vaccine. Uh, uh, Mel Stewart, um, forty two, is known for her work after taking the company's vaccine. Now, um, or, or, or she's known for her acting in the UK and Australia. Sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm having issues reading here, including playing the lead in the musical Mamma Mia and Channel 7's Home and Away. Now, uh, she received her first dose of the COVID-19 vaccine from AstraZeneca on May 24th, 2021. Two weeks later, she began having seizures, lost her ability to speak and lost all movement on the right hand side of her body. Brain surgeons diagnosed her with vaccine induced thrombo, a thrombocytopenic thrombosis, a blood clotting condition that the manufacturer and regulators now acknowledge is a very rare side effect of this particular vaccine. She underwent multiple procedures and rigorous therapy, including craniectomy, a three-hour operation to remove a portion of her skull to reduce the pressure in her brain and keep her alive. Wow, that's fucked up, man. Uh, from the start, the doctors were running the hypothesis that it was linked to the vaccine, said Miss Stewart's husband, Ben Lewis. Um, it was a relatively new diagnosis, but Mel had zero medical history. She was so healthy. She looked after her body like a temple. After all, that was her job. She never had even been in the hospital before, he said. Despite this, blood tests conducted by a hematologist revealed specific markers to confirm the vaccine is the cause. The couple had never had COVID-19 to their knowledge, but the theater industry had been shut down during the pandemic, so they believe that the mass vaccination was a crucial step in bringing back audiences. It's incredibly frustrating. Words are my life, and it is gone now. I say the word but getting them out is an issue, Miss Stewart told the Telegraph about the dim prospect of a theatrical performance. While, while she received 120,000 British pounds from the government as an acknowledgement of the vaccine's damage, it falls short of compensating the substantial earnings lost by her and her husband, who put his work on pause to nurse his wife back to health. Miss it's more than the fucking people here are getting from Pfizer and all of their bullshit voodoo vaccine yeah despite the issues i've had due to that astrazeneca vaccine i've gone on to receive multiple doses of the pfizer vaccine and i remain a staunch advocate for vaccination miss stewart said oh god all right where's your what clip i should have had this damn loaded oh i always i'm like when i read that my brain shit itself for a half a second i'm like what this shit caused you to have a stroke and yet you were like Put another one in me. Let's let's go for death this time. Holy actual I, I, fuck. I think this is a better clip. Dude, are you half retarded? It is much a better clip because I was just... I had a facepalm moment reading that. I'm like, this shit literally cost you almost your life. Definitely cost you career. Yet you doubled down. Well, Why? Here's, here's another clip. Look who knows so much, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh my God! Some princess bride for the win. Yes, there you go. I haven't played this in a while. So, anyway, so now the pair. Now, so so she's a so she's a vaccine advocate, but and she got injured by a vaccine. Anyway, that doesn't make it. But but apparently the they thing. smell a lawsuit. This is it's always about the money. In the and end. that's the thing. You know, they say, oh, our sympathies go out to anyone who's lost loved ones or reported health problems. Now, this is from AstraZeneca. This, this, I'm sorry, this has to be, this has to be stated, okay? 
So in response to the landmark legal case against the company, of which Ms. Stewart is a part, an AstraZeneca spokesperson told the Epoch Times that patient safety is our highest priority and regulatory authorities have clear and stringent standards to ensure the safe use of all medications, including vaccines. Our sympathies go out to anyone who's lost loved ones or reported health problems. Now, the spokesperson added that the government's Medicines and Healthcare Products Regulatory Authority, MHRA, let that marinate in your brain for just a second. What what, what else does, does MHRA sound like? Hmm. <gasps> I've got it. I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, you don't. Well, they granted full market approval for Vaxaria for the UK based on the safety profile and efficacy of the vaccine. This is bullshit. Complete bullshit. Well, but wait, (laughs) wait till you hear this. So opioid uh, prescriptions are down, but overdoses and deaths are up, according to the AMA. Um, Yes. So the opioid prescribing by physicians and other health care health professionals has decreased for the 13th consecutive year, down nearly 50 percent since 2012, while overdoses and deaths related to illicitly manufactured fentanyl, uh, xylentine and other synthetic substances continue to increase, according to the overdose um, epidemic report 2023 released by the American Medical Association. In 2022, more than 107,000 people died from a drug related overdose in the United States, with the epidemic increasingly impacting young people, black and brown people and pregnant people. Since 2018, uh, uh, naloxone uh, dispensing has increased more than 200%. Uh, uh, Bupinoprene uh, dispensed by community pharmacies for the treatment of opioid use disorder nearly doubled in the past 10 years. Notice how everything's a fucking disorder now? Absolutely. And actually, the other medication that you were talking about, the um, bu... What the hell was it? I can't even pronounce it myself. Bupinoprene? Yes. Bupinoprene? Uh, the rideshare ride that I had that went from um, Gordonsville to Greenville that was like my whole nut in one day, she was actually a pharma rep for that particular medication, and we had a wonderful conversation about um, Narcan and, you know, Nanoxalone, same thing. And the fact that if you don't know what the fuck you're doing, like people do not get the fact if you're dealing with someone who is having an overdose. Yes, it's a nasal spray, but it's not like one of those wonderful little primatine mists things where you spray it up there and it stays. No, bitch. As soon as it goes up, it's trying to come down. So you have to make sure that this patient is flat. In order for the shit not to run out of their nose. And oh yeah, by the way, let me let you in on a little secret. It takes two vials most often to get the person back. Just a little lesson for anybody out there who comes upon somebody and thinks, I'm going to be the superhero and I'm going to grab the Narcan and save them. Know what the fuck you're doing. Because your actions could literally be the difference between life and death. Yeah, so it is... um 
Yeah, now Loxalone is one of the success stories they've seen, um, you know, to, to, to uh, um, help revert, you know, help uh, reverse opioid overdose, right? I mean, it, it's, uh, but it, it's, um, it, it, the problem is, is it's not, it, it's not available according, you know, as, as easily available as some of the other stuff is. So I don't know. I mean, this is, that's, it's getting to be where, like, I know we had talked some months ago about them putting a vending machine for it on like Wazoo's campus or something like that. So it is. Uh, um, it is getting to be a more prevalent thing. The problem is that um, one of the big things is if you've got uh, paramedics who are not carrying this or for whatever reason don't have any and they're depend because the, like, for example, Nashville, there could I, I don't have any any evidence of this, but I did hear a story from someone else who had dealt with this in Jersey where they want the uh, the paramedics and police and everything had come in and said, hey, look, you know, can you keep this in your store? Because they were having overdoses like several a week. So it was like if they happen to not have any on them, the paramedics would have some to be able to save somebody's life. And the manager of the store just comes in and is like, yeah, fuck that and throws it away. So, you know, you could be dealing with that in places where, if businesses don't want the responsibility of keeping a hold of that medication, that's going to be another roadblock that people are going to run into. Yeah, well, exactly. Well, now I think uh, I think that I think the next roadblock is involving um, well, this. You're not you when you're hungry. Yeah, no, definitely not. Uh, um, a hunger hormone uh, produced in the gut can directly impact a decision-making part of the brain in order to drive an animal's behavior, finds a new study by the University College London uh, uh, researchers. Uh, the, and so um, the study in mice uh, produ- uh, published in Neuron is the first to show how hunger hormones can directly impact the activity of the brain's hippocampus when an animal is considering food. I can tell you I tell you, the hungry I am, the dumber decisions I make on certain things. That's, hangry is a thing. Is a thing. Lead author Dr. Andrew McAskill of the UCL Neuroscience, Physiology, and Pharmacology said, We all know our decisions can be deeply influenced by our hunger, as food has a different meaning depending upon whether we are hungry or full. Just think of how much you might buy when grocery shopping on an empty stomach. But what may seem like a simple concept is actually very complicated in reality and requires the ability to use what's called contextual thinking. Now, we found that a part of the brain that is crucial for decision making is surprisingly sensitive to the levels of hunger hormones produced in our gut, which we believe is helping our brains to contextualize our eating choices. Now, now, for the study, the researchers put it in an, put mice in an arena that had some food and looked at how the mice acted when they were hungry or full while imaging their brains in real time to investigate neural activity. Now, all of the mice spent time investigating the food, but only the hungry animals would then begin eating. Now, the researchers were focusing on brain activity in the ventral hippocampus, which is the underside of the hippocampus, the decision-making part of the brain, which is understood to help us form and use memories to guide our behavior. Now, the scientists found that activity in a subset of brain cells in the ventral hippocampus increased when animals approached food and this amp- this activity inhibited the animal from eating now but if the mouse was hungry there was less neural activity in this area, so the hippocampus no longer stopped the animal from eating. So the researchers found that this corresponded to high levels of the hunger hormone ghrelin circulating in the blood. Yeah, that, that'll do that. So adding further clarity, the UCL researchers were able to experimentally make the mice behave as if they were full by activating these ventral hippocampal neurons, leading animals to stop eating if they, even if they were 
hungry. The scientists achieved this result again by removing the receptors for the hunger hormone ghrelin from these neurons. Uh, yeah, I guess I guess uh, if you can't detect your ghrelin, you're going to be, you know, you know that, that could be an issue, right? Fucking with your brain chemistry. That's right. The finding has demonstrated how ghrelin receptors in the brain are put to use, showing the hunger hormone can cross the blood-brain barrier, which strictly restricts many substances in the blood from reaching the brain, and directly impact the brain to drive activity, controlling a circuit in the brain that is likely to be the same or similar in humans. Now, Dr. McAskill added, it appears that the hippocampus puts the brain, puts the brakes on an animal's instinct to eat when it encounters food to ensure the animal does not overeat. But if the animal is indeed hungry, hormones will direct the brain to switch off the brakes, so the animal goes ahead and begins eating. Now, the scientists are continuing their research by investigating whether hunger can impact learning or memory by seeing if mice perform uh, non-food specific tasks differently depending upon how hungry they are. I would say that's probably true. Um, I, they say that additional research might also shed light on whether there are similar mechanisms at play for stress or thirst. I have a feeling there probably are. Uh, the researchers uh, hope they're finding, I, I can actually tell you that yeah, and both of those things, yeah, in my own experience, uh, certainly the hungrier, thirstier, or more stressed I am, yeah, it's going to affect how I think and do certain things. I've mean, been dealing with a lot of that uh, lately, the stress going on here now. Now, the researchers hope their findings uh, could contribute to the res to research into the mechanisms of eating disorders to see if ghrelin receptors in the hippocampus might be, uh, might be implicated um, as well as other links between diet and other health outcomes, such as the risk of mental illnesses. Now, the first author, Dr. Ryan Wee, um, yeah, W-E-E, -E, there you go, said, being able to make decisions based on how hungry we are is very important. If we, this goes wrong, it can lead to serious health problems. We hope that by improving our understanding of how this works in the brain, we might be able to aid in the prevention and treatment of eating disorders. Well, how about you stop? Uh, how about you start by feeding us real fucking food? Yeah. Well, then... There would be less of an opportunity for them to be, you know, killing us slowly. Exactly. Well, this is a... This next story really, like, it really got me. Oh, won't somebody please think of the children? Yeah, well... So time spent watching television or playing computer games has measurable and long-term effects on children's brain function, according to a review of 23 years of neuroimaging research, which, while showing negative impacts, also demonstrates some positive ones. Now, however, the researchers stopped short of advocating limits on screen time, which they say can lead to confrontation. Well, yeah, well, you know, it's funny when you when you actually start enforcing, putting boundaries in place and enforcing them. Yeah, there's going to be some confrontation. Yeah, you're definitely going to get pushed back because... People aren't used to people, other people having boundaries, let alone enforcing them. Yes. So this is, uh, you know, so then, of course, they ha they try to get somebody else to do it. So they urge policymakers to help parents navigate the digital world by promoting programs that support positive brain development. How about you take responsibility for what your children are fucking doing? That's Why just my opinion. Why would ever want to do that? Yeah, well, no, they want you, because they want you to have the government do it, of course. But um, Cookie cutter kids, yeah. look at your schools. So... so the evidence review published today in Early Education and Development is an analysis of 33 studies which use the neuroimaging technology to measure the impact of digital technology on the brains of children under the age of 12. And in total, more than 30,000 participants are included. Now, the researchers find screen time uh, extent, it leads to changes in the prefrontal frontal cortex of the brain, which is the base of the executive function, such as working memory and the ability to plan or respond flexibly to situations. It also finds impacts on the parietal lobe, 
lobe, which is which helps us to process touch, pressure, heat, cold, and pain. The temporal lobe, which is important for memory, hearing, and language. And the occipital lobe, which helps us to interpret visual information. Now, it should be recognized by both educators and caregivers that children's cognitive development may be influenced by their digital experiences, uh, says the blah, blah, blah guy here. Yeah, and it's... it. Um, Yes, limiting screen time is an effective but confronting way, and more innovative, friendly, and practical strategies could be developed and implemented. Now, like, uh, bullshit, I don't know. Um, take responsibility for your kids, you know. That, so, um, you know, then looking at this kind of going, the paper con- the paper concludes that these early digital experiences are, in fact, having a, s- a significant impact on the shape of children's brains and their functioning. They seem both as potentially positive and negative, but, many, but mainly more negative. Now, for example, the negative impacts were witnessed in some studies with how screen time influences the brain. Brain, uh, function required for attention, executive control, abilities, inhibitory control, cognitive processes, and functional connectivity. Um, hell, as an adult, I can see the impact of looking at these things all the time. It's because you're getting more information. Your your brain can't handle the amount of information your the modern electronics can give you is far more than a human brain can normally process. Right. So of course it's gonna. And then you then you, you know, feed everybody shit food and you know and you feed them shit information. You drive them fucking insane. Yeah, that's what you're doing. You know, holy crap. Perfect way to craft an incel. That's right. Um, so, um, you know, so, so um, you know, that it, it is. Uh, so some device re- based research were, were, uh, was assessed in the research pool. Now, tablet device users were found to have worse brain function and problem solving tasks. Video gaming and high Internet users were found in four studies to produce negative changes in brain areas, impacting intelligence scores and brain volume. Yes, because you get. Um, yes, because you're consuming AI generated information that's even dumber than that. All right. And in general, intensive media usage was shown to potentially impact visual processing in higher cognitive function regions. Uh, there were six studies, however, demonstrating how these digital experiences can positively affect a child's brain functionality. Now, one study found improved focusing and learning abilities in the frontal lobe of the brain. Meanwhile, another study suggested that playing video games can increase cognitive demand, potentially enhancing children's executive functions and cognitive skills. So now this is and basically like um, this, you know, it's novel, it's, it's novel and emerging, but anybody, any parent who's been paying their attention to their fucking children with these, with these machines knows how, da- you know, how, how dangerous these things are. Now, the fact that the media is, of course, you know, here's the thing. Do you think the media is going to promote something that, that, that ultimately will, will, um, create less media, gen- less, you know, basically the media has to promote the media, right? Because if the media doesn't promote the media, the media is not going to, you know, the media doesn't exist, right? So they're continuing to perpetuate things that perpetuate the existence of the media. So they're not going to tell you that maybe you should turn off your fucking television, right? Well, wait that, that would be like bars promoting AA. Exactly. So, yeah, they're not going to do this. So, you know, of course, the future, you know, so we need to, you know, they say more research is needed here, basically. And I'm, I'm we know what that means. Yeah, we you know what means it's uh, yeah bullshit or something along. That's those. right. OK, so how about we move on to the next segment? We move on to our happiness segment. The key to life is a penis in your asshole. We might solve a mystery. God, I'm old. <laughs> anyway. Yes, we are. Yes. However, when I saw this story, I'm like, oh, re- yeah. It's, 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 yes, I've, I've, apparently I've watched my share of DuckTales as a, as a uh, probably as a teenager because of when that was on, but it was still pretty fun. Anyway, while, while excavating Roman era baths in the Tuscan Hills outside of Siena, archaeologists have stumbled upon what is quite simply one of the most significant discoveries ever found in Italy. 24 bronze statues in perfect condition emerged, sometimes first with a hand or with a head, 
from the mud around an area famous for thermal hot springs, along with a hoard of over 5,000 Roman coins in bronze, silver, and even gold. The incredible statues, which haven't even turned green with age thanks to the oxygenless environment of the mud, date to the Republican period of the 200 BCE. So in other words, 200 years before uh, before the birth of Jesus Christ, which is what the common era means. Uh, a time of great upheaval in Tuscany when Romans were in the process of fully assuming the uh, Etruscan uh, civilization of the Italian peninsula, which predated them. Now, the discovery site in the modern town of San uh, Cassiano uh, de uh, Bagni was uh, once an uh, Etruscan uh, settlement, and the baths were used first by them and, and by the Romans afterwards until the century of their collapse 600 years later. Now, the lead excavator, uh, Jacopo, uh, uh, Jacopo uh, Taboli, uh, a historian at the University for, for, for Foreigners in Siena, spared no hyperbole in describing the find, stating that it would rewrite history of the peninsula. He called it, without equal, the largest deposit of bronze statues of the Etruscan and Roman age ever discovered in Italy and one of the most significant in the whole Mediterranean, adding that nearly all statutory art from this period is in terracotta. The statues depict uh, deities like Apollo and, Hy- uh, and, and Hygieia, uh, a Greek goddess of health first worshipped in Corinth. I want to look her up. I'm curious because that's where the I guess that's where the name hygiene comes from, right? Yes, it would. And we, and we say hi to Jean every night. Uh, um, yes, we do. Yes, we do. So the excellent state of the statues is also preserved inscriptions in the uh, Etruscan language and in Latin. Some are honors for the gods, but there are also names of important and powerful Etruscan families like the uh, Velna of uh, Perugia and the and the and, and the Markni. Um, for the Sindaca or the mayor of uh, San Cassiano de Bagni, he sees a little more green in the bronze than the and the archaeologist. This discovery, he says, offers San Cassiano not only a cultural and touristic opportunity, but a true occasion for rebirth. There will be born a new museum that will host the exceptional statues in, 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 in an archaeopark, uh, two new places that will, for the town, be a real motor of development and add an enthusiasm to young archaeologists around the world um, who will come to see and work here. Now, before they can return to the museum, the statues were taken to a preservation center in Grosseto. Now, no, that'd be interesting to see what uh, what comes of those statues. I mean, you know, every place has history. You just you, know, you just don't know what it is, right? And sometimes it's more prevalent than others. Yeah, I think it's amazing. Much like our uh, much like our next story. Yay! Yeah, so a young inventor surprised with the, the 2023 Dyson Award for the Life Chariot designed to save lives in Ukraine. Yeah, okay. As he watched the conflict of unfold in Ukraine, young Polish inventor... P- I'm going to have you pronounce this. It's actually pronounced Piotr, and I'm not even going to try to pronounce the last name. Yes. Uh, this inventor observed the challenges of medical evacuations across the rough terrain of the front line, which inspired him to design the Life Chariot, a medevac off-road ambulance that can attach to any vehicle with a tow hook or eye. This vehicle has a low weight and suspension, which makes it safer for a casualty to travel in than the boot of a car. The typical method for the often stretched Ukrainian defense forces. Peter's interest in designing trailers started with off-road trips with his family through the Balkans and Pyrenees. Then he spent the next 10 years and the course of his bachelor's and master's degree designing off-road and cave rescue trailers before creating the Life Chariot, which debuted at uh, 
Lotz Design Festival this year. The Life Chariot increases the evacuation capabilities of rescue teams by adding room for one injured person on a stretcher and two more seats for medics or the lightly wounded. The first two trailers were given to the Ukrainian Medical Military Unit and the Polish Voluntary Medic Unit of Damien Duda. Oh, I'm not even trying to pronounce that last name. Foundation. Having been tested in terrains such as mountain trails, forests, caves, and mines, their feedback provided and informed weatherproofing upgrades. This year, the James Dyson Award gives a special humanitarian prize to Piotr, who, was, who has designed an ingenious way of recovering injured people from challenging terrain, said Sir James Dyson, founder and chief engineer at Dyson, in a statement. The life chariot can be towed by anything, allowing medics to do their life-saving work with the resources they have at hand. It's also brilliant to see his interrogative design process continue in response to feedback from those using it on the ground. Piotr is continuing to implement upgrades to the life chariot based on feedback received from medics working on the front line. He's also working on adapting the vehicle for mountain rescue purposes. I hope that the Life Chariot, with support from the James Dyson Award, will continue to save lives, whether in frontline evacuations or rescues from accidents in in inaccessible places, Pieter said on the occasion of the award. So good for that guy, because that is amazing. Finally, hope for the young folk. Even if it is, oh, wait, it's a poll. Aren't we supposed to be stupid? Ah, uh, guess not. Yeah, I guess not. Well, you know what? It, what is stupid is the cavalcade of stupidity. And it's supposed to be. And we love Rev Cybertrucker for bringing it to us. Yes, and we and we we got one this week, so we're gonna play it as soon as it uh, as soon as it comes up here. We're gonna play. Heidi ho, pedal heads, and welcome to the Rev Cybertruckers Cavalcade of Stupidity. While stumbling around my favorite stupid music websites in a drunken stupor, I came across a song that reminded me that I'm a Red Hot Chili Peppers fan. Now, I know that not everyone out there is a Red Hot Chili Peppers fan, and the Red Hot Chili Peppers kind of sound stupid to them. But I never really knew what they were talking about until I came across the channel. There, I ruined it. Released in September of 2023, This is There I Ruined It, what Red Hot Chili Peppers sounds like to people who don't like Red Hot Chili Peppers. Come to a leaper with the peppermint bait, the chalupas in the fair to red. Fuck a doorknob, California, buttermilk pancakes in my eyes. Stepped on a toe, broken out with hoco, now it's time to iterate California. I got a thumbtack on my nutsack, pies 3.1415. Hey! I don't know what I said, no The more I sneeze, the less I blow Got frisky with the buffalo Hey, oh, whoa, whoa Jelly beans and nicotine Are streaming through my grandma's spleen And I just disturbed my toe 
Stumbling through the pages of a Webster's Earns me wages There's so many words to go Tickle my bum with a mannequin thumb Mine a bongo drum in California Snuffleupagus ate my asparagus Supernova toilet clog Current chapter nine, I'm the one, no one Gotta have some fun in California There's a sunspot on my kumquat Nancy Reagan bit my dog Hey, oh, I don't know what I said, no I got your hey, oh, I don't know what I said, no, no, no All right, well, there, there you go. So thank you, Rev Cybertrucker. That was fantastic. Yeah, I love style parody. Thank you so much. Yeah, so... Um, okay, so now um, we have gone to the toast, and for the one for the one segment of show we don't we still don't have a clip for, which is the toast and jam. We're working on it. Yeah, I know. Well, we we got a God, we got a bunch of clips last night from. We had the absolute best time. Yeah, I think. What, look, you want to talk a little bit about that while we because um, we, we didn't put, can we we absolutely can. Yeah, well, I didn't we can, have well, a lot okay, of actually, no, it's we're, it's gonna actually gonna it's actually gonna get. Uh, I think when we uh, when we tell the stuff later, we can tell that. Um, so because we have you know we have a, there's a progression of stuff that, that happened over the last you know yeah there is yeah so so let's start with let's do the rideshare tales uh, this um first uh, well nothing too eventful this week uh i had a ride out to the middle of fucking nowhere tennessee to pick someone up bring bring him to the airport which it was interesting because you know you're in banjo land when you are literally traveling on a dirt road and the person you are picking up has been delivered to the crossroad from the property on a ATV. I'm just saying. Like, it, it was something I'd never seen before. But I said nothing. Smiled. And subsequently, that ride led me to the airport, like I said. And I was like, well, okay, that ride made enough money. I don't have to work anymore on Lyft. I can switch to Uber. So I switched platforms and I was chilling out because there was a surge and I'm in the waiting lobby, um, the queue. And the first ride I get offered is paying almost $120 and I didn't give a fuck where it was going. I beat the shit out of my screen to accept that ride. And it ended up, we went up to Paducah. Which was, I haven't been to Paducah in a hot minute. Yeah, well, the last time we went to Paducah was when we drove through uh, on the way on, on the way yeah, across after the country. We, uh, yeah, after I flew out to Washington, we drove back across country and met yeah. Sir Spencer and Dame yeah, DeLorean. Yeah, we, yeah, so when you told me you were going to Paducah, I'm like, I knew, I, it's like, um, I know that's far, I know that's close to Nashville, but not that close. It's, you know, because we drove Yeah, through. it's about three hours easily from nashville it oh what a fucking gong show i i can't even tell you it was such it, it was such a hair pulling experience trying to get back from paducah because they had one lane closed traffic stopped they were doing some kind of construction but dear god i lost easily 45 minutes sitting in traffic not moving or moving so slow like two tire rotations and stop for another 10 minutes. It was painful. But I finally got home and this all happened Did this happen Thursday? 
which that, that ride that ride yeah that was thursday yeah because yeah. that was all that was thursday right yeah so i was going to sleep in um on friday and not go into work until too too late and i was in the process of that i had smoked a nice big fat bowl and i was feeling absolutely no pain getting ready to start my day and then i got a phone call from my oldest son and the last 24 hours of my life have been upside down and inside out yeah um, a little bit more than that but yes yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, this. So the stream should be up, uh, Mama. And let me let's say, stream is uh, stream should be up. It looks like it is up. I'm not sure. Yeah. Okay. It's died apparently goes. it's all good. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. What, yeah, the, your life is definitely upside down. We. Uh, yeah. So, the long and short is, in order to basically save two people from self-destruction uh i now have my oldest and his wife living with me and my mother so i've, I've got a trifecta of what yeah yeah i am absolutely just yeah i'm yeah. reeling yeah, there, there's a, there's some a yeah, y'all. The, the, I'm I'm not going to get into the particulars of it all. The, no. it, there, it is. Um, needless to say, it was the, the, this needed to be done. I mean, this was not a this no was not options. a this was not a decision that was arrived at lightly. And no, yeah, it, this is uh, so. We, so yes, uh, the the lotus will be a little bit bigger for a little uh, for a little while longer. But it'll uh, be okay. Yes, it will be okay. We we every I th we the holidays are definitely going to be more interesting. Interesting. Yes, it is. But uh, yeah, so um, so yeah, we it's going to be be a little interesting for a little while here while we try. We're yeah, we're like moving stuff around here in the house. It's uh, that's uh, why we were yeah. late getting on the stream. Yeah, we were. We had to shore up a couple of things so that people have appropriate places to sleep and what have you. Yes, exactly. So, you know, this is, so yeah, we, we were a little, uh, <laughs> yeah, that, well, that kind of led to last night. Um, we, um, yes. so yesterday, yeah, things were real tense yesterday. We had, um, you know, we had, although we had gotten them, uh, and, and we, we basically, it was, we had, we had, we, we needed to get them out of that situation as soon as possible. It was, uh, I, I could say it might be life threatening in some situations. So. Yes. Yeah, I think that is a, the best description of it. So I, I'm, it is. I am happy that, to say that they are safe. That is, and, and we and we know it's going to take a few days yeah. at the very least yeah. for but, them to but relax this is, enough. But this and is feel a whole. Like, but this is a whole lot for us to deal with. And it so is. we when so. Needless to say, uh, you know, my partner here was uh, we, we were not planning for her to be here during Rideshare Radio. Well, we didn't plan no. for any of this stuff to happen. And so when Rideshare Radio came on and we saw that we had some uh, we, we had some participation from, well, three Bemroses. Uh, yeah, yeah, Bemlet showed up early. Sir Bemrose was like right after him, practically. And then Dame Bemrose kept doing a walk by. So we launched a clean feed link and the next thing we knew there was a dame bemrose a sir bemrose a bemlet and for good measure a net ned all on one conversation of which holy shit y'all the clips we got 
off of that encounter. Uh, yeah. I, I, so there, now, we, now we also now here. We, so I'm actually going to I'm actually going to play a little. Uh, the, well, the only one I took from Sir Bemrose, we're actually going to play. I, I didn't actually take a clip from Sir Bemrose, but we had. So we had the three Bemroses plus NetNet on the phone. Um, and uh, we I, I'm going to I'm just for the I'm going to play a few clips that we took from this uh, last night. Um, Before are, you do, though, big shout out to Cotton Gin for Isobot. It would not have been possible to do this debauchery without Isobot. So thank you for your courage, sir. Yes, exactly. So, of course, I have to this. I love this one. These dildos taste like chicken. Yes, we got into a complete we were we were on. What was it? Bad Dragon or something? This is the site you guys were on last night. Yes. Bad-dragon.com. It is sex toys that are completely out of this world i'm not even going to try to describe it i know we're not a family friendly show but this is even beyond what i would discuss unrecorded line bestiality at its finest <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely that dildo's not right yeah we, we, we kept yeah pretty much that whole page was dildos not right dildos dildos pocket but i never wanted to know what a dolphin's pussy looks like but thank you Bad dragon. I I now have that image in my mind. Yeah, exactly. It's uh, I know. So anyway, uh, the, so the, we we had some, we we yeah that we needed we needed some adult time and yeah we were up until about five in the morning actually and then you know and then we had a, actually a very it had a very good conversation with your with 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 your oldest with my that, oldest son that, yeah. yeah we did we uh, we had a very important conversation and yeah. I think that despite the circumstances around how. He ended up here. I want to believe this is going to be a positive experience of which he and his significant other will come out stronger and our family may come out stronger and more healed than we've been in a lot of years. Yeah. So, yeah, I think I think ultimately this is all for the best. And it's just and it's just a matter of getting things stabilized and and set and and set up. So I think it is a um, it's it's a work in progress, but we're not going to let the show suffer for our. Yeah, exactly. Surroundings. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, one of the things we got yesterday, which we which we had uh, which we had some right before the show, is uh, some pineapple chunks uh, um, soaked in moonshine. Yeah, it's interesting because last night Dame Bemrose was talking about some cherries that had been soaking in absinthe. She was talking about some other cherries that she was going to be putting into a um, a kirsch. Uh, she's also talking dirty about making a pineapple upside down cake with some of these cherries that she's already had soaking in like Everclear. Mm-hmm. Oh, baby. I'm surprised I didn't short circuit the microphone. I was drooling so hard. Yeah. But we had gone to the liquor store because we figured, you know, we'll share some drink and share some green with the kids and, and just kind of, you know, try to get a chill, peaceful atmosphere because they've been through a lot. And... So I picked up a jar of moonshine pineapple chunks and holy actual fuck. The moonshine is pina colada moonshine and they're just soaking in it. So you're getting a double dose of holy good because the shine is so fucking smooth. It's dangerous. Yes, it is. Because those pineapple chunks are freaking delicious. Yeah. Oh, yes. my God. Like, yes. I'm not even going to lie. The jar will not make it through the night. And I don't think Phoenix will either. Just with, wow. Yes, yes exactly. Well, um, well, you almost didn't make it through the night when uh, you tried to take a shower. Oh my god, y'all! This ain't even funny. But I'm a, I'm gonna tell about it. Yeah. So I went 
we have, as you know, we have two separate full baths in our condo. So I didn't want to go all the way to the third floor. So I was like, I'm just going to take a quick shower on the second floor. I'm kind of glad I did. But at the same point in time, fucking traumatized. I opened the shower curtain and there was a gigantic fucking spider in my bathtub. I think it might have been a brown recluse. I wasn't getting close enough to completely confirm the fiddle on the back of his back. Oh, no. I grabbed that damn shower curtain and started screaming at the top of my fucking lungs. My mother. Now, I am not wearing any clothes because I'm getting ready to hop in the shower. My mother comes out and she was like, what's she yelling about? Phone boy's like, oh, it's probably just a creepy crawly. He's like, what's wrong? I'm like, I need you in here now. Mother, do not come in here. I am naked. Damon, get your ass in here. Like, I was flipping the fuck out. He comes in. He's like, whoa, that's a serious spider. I'm like, fucking kill it. Thank God. He goes to turn the fucking water on. I'm like, no. Get some goddamn spray or something. You're not drowning it. Oh my god! Like I'm not gonna lie. I, I did. I did. Dr- I did drown it in r- r- raid. Yes, r- you, you r- did raid. Anyway, so there you go. But yeah, there was a so yes, and we have it. We have it sitting on one of these little one of the little uh, jars and on, on our counter. Yeah, because the, I have to be able to identify it. If it I can tell you that thing is dead though. But. Oh, it's very dead. Yeah. So, but oh my god, like I'm not even kidding y'all. When when I opened that curtain and saw this thing, I literally peed myself. I did. I lost control of my bladder. That is how bad it frightened me. Yeah. Not cool. Yeah, exactly. So not cool. Yes, but all right. So, I've also I also did during some of the chaos yesterday, uh, I've been I've been working on re- I'm building a a new stream server for uh, for the for the Lotus Effect. Uh, I have um, you know so I, I've you know like last week I moved most all the services over except for the stream itself, which is which is uh, uh, still on the old server. But and I'm and I'm using the new server to set up the uh, to to actually play with liquid soap and get that all set up. And and I've and I've almost got it all working the way I'd like to. It's it's you know it's a work in progress just because there's. It, because apparently there was a there's some big differences between version one and version two of liquid soap and and the, I think the no agenda stream is actually using an older version of liquid soap and so their stuff doesn't work exactly the same and so I've been trying to kind of go back and forth and come up with a configuration that I can live with that that does what I would like it to do and there's a couple of different things I want it to do number one so generally I want to be able to, I would like to have the music stream run off of this the, the server itself so I don't have to sit here and leave a but an instance of butt going right and so when I break in I want to to be able to just to, to do what it, to do what it needs to do um and uh you know and, and and do there's some transitions when i come live and then when i go off right that are that i would like it to handle it's not quite doing all of that right yet so i'm still working through it i suspect at least it's kind of working now and also there's time-based transitions as well so for example when we're live during certain times and if i disconnect that's most likely that that's a time when i should probably play elevator music right and i'm using the, the me channel uh, music for the elevator because whatever makes you happy Yes, even though, well, that, that's, you got to have something play, you know. 
I'm sure we could find something more aperte for us. Well, if you want to find something, you can. This is a beautiful thing. So yes, any, I can. So anyway, um, all right. Well, we're we're still working on that. So I'm proud. I was gonna. I was almost gonna launch it this week, but everything's got everything's so crazy. I'm gonna wait till next week to. Well, I'll probably do it sometime. I'll try to do it sometime next week, but hopefully it should be a smooth transition. I'll do it. You know, I'll do it during off hours or something. No, to yeah, but uh, he's um, been driving himself crazy. I've been wanting to get this done for a long time so it's just it's it's now it's time to um to to do all of this so it's it's just i'm kind of glad i've i'm glad i'm working through it it's just taken me longer than i've anticipated but there's a lot of other things going on here so you know that's that's why we're um, maybe not uh, getting it done as fast as i'd like so in another week or so maybe we'll get that we'll get that uh, all sorted out and have and working correctly but yeah well, don't be so hard on yourself yeah oh i know like i said there's a lot going on now um but we also what we also have going on is uh, people calling in and and Weighing in whether they like light or dark meat. Um, two five three two three seven three three two one. Tell us, do you like it white? Do you like it dark? Do you not like it at all? Tell us about it. Yeah, that's right. Well, this caller did. Do zombies prefer white meat or dark meat? Oh yeah, and a place in the fall windy and the leaves are all colorful and falling. Anywho, um, I don't know about the zombies, but I prefer white meat. I guess. Um, that's what I always just had as a kid. It was like, oh, that's how meat normally looks kind of thing, I guess, if you will. And, uh, yeah, so I guess I'll probably still choose white meat. But, I don't know, maybe, uh, I'll try some dark meat this Thanksgiving. I've had it before, but I can't say, like, oh, I have a preference on it, really. Kind of a default. So, but I know some people do. I know my dad always prefers getting a turkey leg and, I'm not a big fan of eating meat off the bone unless it's like really, really well done ribs where it just kind of melts off. But, uh, yeah. So, well, I hope you guys are having a fantabulous time, but I know because you guys are doing the show. So, of course. And, uh, yeah, looking forward to doing, uh, two Thanksgivings, one with her family on the day of, and then my family the day after. So, that'll be fun. Yeah, we've been Thanksgiving already, but. We always say that, right? But, right, we, I'm gonna go, uh, go do some stuff. So, love you guys. Stay dangerous. And, whether or not the leaves are falling, or you already raked them up and thrown a bag like a horrible person, go ahead and give a hearty. Yes. So you Thank are you, you already raped them. That that's not going to be a show title. I don't give a damn. I, yes, it's still funny though. You it's are fucked up. Yes, it is very funny. Well, you know that's how you, that's how you know, Horrible. right? That's how you know you fucked up. Not me, man. That's the transcript. All right, next. What's up, everybody? It's weirdo. Sorry, I had to take a drink before I could talk. The cotton mouth was so thick. Um. What's up, everybody? How you doing? What's up, man? Yeah. Yeah. Hope it's good. Yeah. White meat or dark meat? Um, I just had this discussion the other day with somebody. It's my kid, I think. I prefer dark meat. It tends to be a little juicier. You know, the black of the berry, the sweet of the juice. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, 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 prefer, I prefer the dark meats. Okay, they're a bit juicier, more succulent. Mm. Mm. Yeah, 
Um, well, I'm actually just about to tune into the show, even though it's almost. Oh wait, yeah. So, so yeah, show starts in ten minutes. Cool. Hell yeah. Just got done loading up this trailer full of scrap wood, cleaning up my buddy's property, and I'm headed back to Mikasa. So yeah. Uh, hope everybody has a good day. Love you. Bye. Oh my gosh. Can you see that juice? Yeah, I haven't played that clip in a while. Nice. Yeah, there you go. So, Thank you for weighing in on that, weirdo. Yeah, Dark Me. Look at that. Phone no. boy, you got somebody else on your team. Yeah, you team, know, Team, team Dark, Dark Me. Me. That's right. Team Dark Me. Yeah, I'm a, yeah I loved I loved drumsticks. He, I, that was one of the... Th- I was uh, I was always the... the at Thanksgiving, the, uh, and the drumsticks were mine, and nobody argued with me on them. I don't think anyone will argue with you on it this year either. But, yeah. uh, hey, if you want to weigh in on this, we have opened up the phone lines. So give a call in, 255. 255- three two three seven three three two one and you can tell us live if you prefer white meat dark meat or what your favorite uh food for that thanksgiving feast is gonna be yeah i know you're i know what your favorite meat is not at all because you're not a turkey fan i'm not um i used to back when i actually ate stuffing and mashed potatoes and gravy and all the you know hot fresh garbage food that we're not allowed to have now uh i would eat you know, the white meat. I wasn't really big on the dark meat, but it is what it is. I mean, look, I might have some white meat this year because we well, will the, have first of all, the, the, for, okay, the turkey that we have, for, we've got it from a local farmer. I yes. Mean, Shout out yeah. to Terrapin Farms yes. for the turkey that we got. And we are gonna see if it rivals the one from last year but it looks really good it literally looks like a chicken on steroids yes Arnold and, and, tr- and trust me i got them to compare them side by side i still have at least a half a dozen full birds in the, in the freezer so um you that know. makes me happy because yeah. there's two in the oven right now and i think i smell them yeah i think i do too so this this is great well we'll talk about the, yeah we'll talk about that when we get to that segment but i think we're gonna i think we're at this point we're going to move on to our higher consciousness segment I think that's a fantastic idea. I'll take a drink, and I might even smoke a little reefer. You know, I I like to smoke reefer. You know, it relaxes me and everything. A couple of doobies, you know, just to get you through the day and everything. But I do not free base cocaine. Okay, now one of the reasons I picked this story, this is using CBD for sleep. And I and I have some personal experience doing this because, um, but i gotta play the got to play the clip. Gotta love Spencer. Uh, but uh, so it is, this is actually one of the reasons I, I um, and I did the, and I did this pre-insurrection. I was because I was having such trouble sleeping. I'm like, I, I went to the I went to the, the, the I tried many different things at the at the uh, at the shops and it was not enough to I, I was probably not taking a large enough dose, but I was honestly afraid of the impacts of it. And so I was purposely just trying to take just enough, but not too much. Um, and that. It seems like that strategy might have been a good idea, but um, it's not. Uh, you know, like I said, with this with this thing. But let's uh, let's go through the story now. One of the most common reasons why people use cannabis or hemp products is for help with sleep. Now those and I was in a uh, I was in a legal state at the time, so it was not uh, not that difficult to get. Now those who are uh, those who are looking for help sleeping but want to avoid feeling high generally assume CBD will help them sleep without any intoxication. But actually, depending upon the dose of CBD they take, it could make it even harder to get to sleep. 
Uh, although uh, cannabinol or CBN has the honor of being the first cannabinoid ever discovered, CBD was a close second. Now, in 1940, Roger Adams and his colleagues at the University of Illinois first isolated CBN, and then later that same year isolated CBD. At that point, little was known about the effects of the chemical structure. Now, it took until 1963 when Raphael uh, uh, Mekul, um, um eludicated the, the, the chemical structure of CBD one year before eludicating THC. As soon as THC's intoxicating effects were discovered by Raphael uh, Mechelem in 1964, CBD was largely ignored, even by the research community. Then in 2008, with the advent of the first cannabis testing lab in the world, CBD was rediscovered! And has since been the subject of considerable study. Well, you know, we 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 are uh, we we can we study this uh, stuff in uh, you know all the time here. So we, we think we're I think we're I think we're experts on the topic. In fact. Um, now, in 1981, one of the earliest studies to explore CBD's relationship to sleep showed that subjects receiving 160 milligrams of cannabidol reported having slept significantly more than those receiving placebo. Uh, while some of the volunteers in the study yeah, used doses lower than 160 milligrams, those uh, lower doses um, uh, were not reported to have had a strong sedating effect. Uh, a 2012 literature review summarized the extent of, of uh, research over the preceding uh, three decades on CBD and sedation. A clinical trial suggests that high-dose oral CBD may, uh, when they're talking about 150 to 600 milligrams uh, a day, of um, may exert a, a therapeutic effect um, uh, for social anxiety disorder, insomnia, and ep epilepsy, but also that it may cause uh, um, mental sedation. Now, the the, the, uh, the following year, a study done on rats found that those sedating effects applied to rodents as well as humans, with the rodents experiencing increased total sleep time in addition to sleep increasing sleep latency. More recently, a 2019 study using people rather than rodents found sleep benefits for some patients, but their data is limited because the dosing was inconsistent. Still, they observed that sleep scores improved within the first month in 48 patients, but fluctuated over time. That fluctuation largely happens once patients were receiving outpatient care and consistent dosing became even more difficult. The research did not do a good job of reporting what dose of CBD corresponded to what benefit for sleep, but they noted the past research that higher doses did result in a longer duration of sleep. Now, astute listeners might be wondering if the research is pretty consistent that a high dose of CBD, generally of 160 milligrams of CBD, produces feelings of sedation, what about a lower dose? That is where the science of CBD and sleep gets really complicated, and it's a perfect illustration of the biphasic properties of many cannabinoids, where low doses produce one effect, and higher doses produce a radically different response. Now, in 1977, before years before, uh, before I was born, and uh, Carlini and Kuhina released their study showing high doses of CBD could improve sleep. Monty demonstrated that CBD could cause rats to sleep less. In 2006, Arid Rodriguez led a team of researchers, including Raphael uh, Mechelam, uh, on, on a study which expanded on Monty's research and showed that low doses of CBD in induces alertness and suggested it might be of therapeutic value in sleep disorders such as an excessive som somnolence. Uh, uh, Rodriguez followed up on a study two years later, which showed CBD was a wake-inducing compound at low doses. That's interesting. In 2014, Rodriguez did a literature review of CBD's effects on sleep, which noted contra contradictory results on the effect of CBD on sleep, going back to the earliest days of CBD research. 
Now, Rodriguez's literature review pointed to differences in route of administration, vehicle use, doses, subjects, etc., as a cause for the paradoxically different effects of CBD on sleep and alertness. In a 2019 study on narcolepsy, Rodriguez and his team suggested that CBD might prevent sleepiness in narcolepsy. Uh, now, if someone's core issue is not getting drowsy, in other words, they do not feel tired, then it's likely they will need a much higher dose of CBD to achieve their desired outcome. If their main problem is pain, racing thoughts are one of the myriad of other things CBD can help with, they may be able to use a lower dose to achieve their desired results for sleep, but they should take their CBD a couple of hours before bed so the alerting effects have some time to wear off. And that's, you know, it's, it's kind of funny that, uh, that this is actually um, um, going on here or that, that, I mean, having this expected, like I said, I kind of lived this um, when I was, uh, and, I'm pro- and I probably wasn't taking enough of the stuff. And I tried to, you know, I tried to ramp up the dose, but at the same time, I was also just kind of afraid because of where I was. I did not want to, um, lose control of my faculties and it, and and since i had not smoked uh, or consumed in, in, in of any serious quantity of in, in, in a long time i didn't know what it was going to do and so i wanted to i was trying to keep myself safe and it's like okay i know i need to do this but i'm going to ease into it because i don't want to and i also you know it was not something i wanted to draw a lot of attention to for obvious reasons and because it because it, it got used against me you know they, they she said stuff about it in the fucking court papers like yeah she's making a comment about me using a legal substance okay no, whatever. It just shows her ignorance, but <clears throat> it, there is definitely some precedence to the effect that if you don't feel safe in your space, um, you're not going to feel safe to to consume, you know, the the cannabinoids in whatever form. For exactly what you said, you wanted to make sure you had all of your faculties. And it's terrible when you can't even feel safe in your own home yeah. to be you and, and to do you. Yeah, that's right. So um, now another, um, of course, there's another, uh, uh, yeah, we get it the same. There's, an, there's another issue that sometimes comes there up. There you are at Betty Ford Hospital going, I'm fine now. <laughs> I'm a reformed alcoholic. <laughs> I feel so much better about myself. <laughs> I'm fine. No, you have that double vodka. I'll be over in the corner kicking the cat. Now, so a study shows significant brain recovery following alcohol abstinence. So the study published in August in the Journal of Alcohol focused on long-term abstinence. how long-term abstinence can undo the effects of cortical thinning in the brain among those with alcohol use disorder. Now, It's also called AUD. Um, So as the researchers explain, cortical thickness is genetically and phenotypically distinct from cortical um, volume and surface area in that it reflects the number and density of cells in a cortical column and or neural cell body size, the number of spines and synapses and extent of uh, uh, myelination. Now, the critical uh, cortical thickness may show a differential pattern of recovery with abstinence and alcohol use disorder compared to volume and surface area measures in the same brain regions. And the cerebral cortex is primarily composed of neurological and gila cells, i.e. astrocytes, oligodendrocytes, and microglia. And the, and the ratio of uh, glial cells to, uh, to neurons is approximately 0.7 to 1. Accordingly, the cortical thickness may serve as a uh, macroscopic surrogate marker of the cytoarchitectural integrity of the cells comprising the cortex, it wrote in the study's introduction. Now, the studies also noted that few studies have investigated cortical thickness changes within abstinence in alcohol use disorder. 
Now, in their study, researchers studies they studied participants with alcohol use disorder at one week, one month, and a little more than seven months of absence, uh, um, and they they, they they compared them to a control group. Um, of people who had ne- who had never uh, never used out or basically they say never smoker uh, that's what the, what the article says and and, and so now after seven point three months of abstinence AUD uh, user uh, people were statistically equivalent to the control group uh, on cortical thickness in twenty four to thirty four um, uh, ROIs which uh, su- uh, suggesting a remarkable t- for potential for recovery basically stop consuming the poison things get better. That makes a lot of sense, if I'm honest. Doesn't it? Yeah. So alcohol use disorder is defined as a medical condition characterized by an impaired ability to stop or control alcohol use despite adverse social, occupational, or health consequences, according to the National Institute on Alcohol Abuse and Alcoholism, which said that 28.6 million adults aged 18 and older had alcohol use disorder in 2021. Um, Yeah, and I think... You know, we're talking about, you know, honestly, this, we we're talking about brain function. Another another thing that affects the brain quite a bit is sugar, right? And almost the same way. Exactly. And I find it interesting that it was in 21 that they determined it was 28.6. How many people had developed that use disorder because of the scamdemic and being locked down? And much like you said, you know, I could do all of two things. I could drink and I could run and I did plenty of both. Yes, I did. There's a reason I ran 20. Yeah. In 2020 and 2021, I ran over 5,200 miles. That's his, that's you know. fucking amazing. I'm just saying. Yes. Uh, a lot of reasons. Yeah. So um, now I think um, I think this next story, you know, drink the coffee. It'll make you feel better. There's a reason I drink coffee, but there's also a reason I uh, smoke weed every day. Um, in a study published in the Journal of Neuroscience Research, psycho- uh, psychological assessments indicated that people who regularly use cannabis or marijuana uh, tend to have a greater understanding of the emotions of others. I mean, you definitely can see, you definitely can. It slows you down so that you can see things for what they are. Um, and you can and also, it helps a little bit with detachment. So you can actually kind of, you can actually kind of see things. Oh, we have a caller coming in here. I think we're going to do that. Let's do this. Uh, hello. Hey caller, you're on the air. What's up? What's up? Yeah, what's up? What's up, weirdo? What's up, dude? Um, so, um, you guys are talking about the, uh, cannabidiols. Uh, CBDs. Yep. Um, I, my oldest son has um, congenital glaucoma, meaning he's born with it, right? And we learned recently that CBD is actually not good for glaucoma. Um, the THC is, but um, weed at the dispensaries in Oklahoma. Um, unless it's going to be labeled as CBD weed is not actually checked for CBD levels. So you have to kind of ask specifically for strains with high THC and low CBD for conditions like glaucoma. Um, Oh, the more you know. I just wanted to, yeah, I just wanted to weigh in on that little ditty right there. And kind of derail the show a little bit because, you know, that's what I do. We oh, love the fire. derailment. That's that's some valuable information for the listeners. Yes, so I thought it was. Um, now, I actually wanted to call and ask also, since our topic of discussion today was basically about Thanksgiving, what's your favorite like dish on the on the day of thanks? Well, 
um, depending on if we're talking about uh, Phoenix or Phone Boy pre-health journey or if you're talking about, like, current day. Yeah. Okay, um, let's go. Well, then, well, why not do both? Why, why not have both? <laughs> Two things at once. Yeah. Oh, sorry, I hate that fucking commercial. Yes, oh my exactly. God. So Travis Kelsey is um, so sold out. Okay, I'll let you take the first one on this. Yes. Yeah, so okay, the side a side dish uh, prior, to, I believe prior to uh, my health journey, uh, the scallop potatoes uh, made in heavy cream was my fucking favorite thing. Oh yes. yes. Yes, that was. Now you can do the same thing with uh, with uh, cauliflower, and it actually works pretty well. Um, but um, the, but uh, that we haven't. Uh, but in terms of right now, I'm honestly just happy with the turkey. And if we get it and whatever else kind of comes along for it, I'm, 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 you know, I like the fact that I'm getting a turkey that's local and actually tastes proper. I mean, because that's the thing I went with the turkey we got last year from the from uh, from DeBell. Um, yeah, I've never had a turkey taste like that before. And it was amazing. I mean, it, it did not have that just that nasty taste that a yeah, that, that a fat content for. was immense. I mean, you dark meat lover. Yeah. Even the white meat was fat rich. And I didn't need any. All I all I had to do was look at it and know. And as far as as far as my go to on Sorry. it, um pre health journey, give me stuffing all day long. That oh, is like we love stuff. I mean stuffing. mashed potatoes and, and gravy also. Yeah. Mashed potatoes and gravy stuffing, like put it on bread. I'm that bitch okay this time um i am dreading this fucking holiday <laughs> i have to say the homemade cranberry sauce that i make is pretty on point and i'm gonna do a little extra with it where it might actually gel and come out of the jar like the commercial shit um, that's pretty good. Uh, the, the way I'm doing the squash, because I'm taking the butternut and I'm going to roast it, you know, rub olive oil on it, salt, pepper, roast it. Then I will mash it up and put a little bit of heavy cream, maybe just a teensy weensy little bit of honey and some cinnamon. And it's going to be on point. That sounds like a good first date. <laughs> well... Yeah, I mean, when when you have look at that juice, <laughs> the juice that comes out. My hand is dripping wet here because I have nothing but juice. You're a sick motherfucker, phone boy. <laughs> oh, I, that reminded me of a story. Uh, <laughs> so, um, when my uh, oldest two kids and I was still with their mom, um, when my oldest one was. I mean, he was just, he was still breastfeeding because that's what this leads into. Um, we were asleep one night and um, I was a big spoon. She was a little spoon and I had my arm around her and I had her breast cup in my hand. Um, we woke up in the middle of the night. I was like, baby, baby, you know, something's up. I lifted my hand up and milk was running off of my fingers where she had leaked in the middle of the night. Oh, it damn. was bad. What? It was like, it was like somebody pissed the bed. It was, oh dude, it was so much. But, you know, when you said your hand, that little clip of my hands dripping reminded me of that. And you know you licked your hand clean, weirdo. You know you did. Fuck yeah, bro. Like, humans are the only motherfuckers that'll treat it like it's weird to drink human milk, but it's totally normal to drink the lactate of another species. You Good know? Good point. 
That's fucking gross. That's weird. That's baby calf growth fluid. Why are you drinking it? Because it's delicious. <laughs> I, I, I have to say, uh, I, we bought a half gallon of milk for the new Lotus occupants. <laughs> and it was so difficult for me to even put it in the refrigerator. I felt dirty. I like how um, when you buy milk at the store, it says, um, our cows are not, or we pledge that we don't use, uh, what is it, our uh, bovine growth hormone and RBH yeah, yeah. and all that shit. Right? And then there's an asterisk at the end. And if you read down at the asterisk, it says, uh, yeah, we just say that basically. Like, uh, we don't really give a fuck. We just put that on there. Like, you know. It says, I can't remember exactly what it says at, now, at it says the bottom. Along uh, the lines, is it does, there's, there's, there's no proof this is better milk. Is is basically what the what, what the statement yeah, says. Right, exactly. Right, yeah, that's, I think that's what it says. Is there's no proof that cows or that milk with RBHT or whatever is shown to have any kind of negative side effects or some shit like that. You know, they got to cover their ass. But I'm basically, they tell you, you on the cap that we don't anymore. use it. They're just they not tell you that anymore. The they're they're fucking they're saying it right out in the open and hoping that people are just stupid enough. To not read those asterisks. Yeah, nobody cares. I mean, fuck, it's convenient, right? I mean, shit, you don't want your own cow. You don't want to get up at 4.30 in the morning and get your own fresh milk, make your own fresh butter and cream. Fuck, yes, that's please. too hard. Where, where can I sign up for that? You know? Fuck. No, um, you said something earlier. You said pre-diet, you know, it was scallop potatoes, phone boy. Um, the... Does the NSNG diet uh, snuff out potatoes too? I mean, I know yes. they're nothing but starchy. Yes, and, yeah. but... potatoes are very starchy, right? Anything that becomes starch in your system should, anything that be, can easily become sugar in your system should be avoided. So, right, yeah. break down. Now there, now there, are, so, yeah, okay. now there are some that that occasionally have them, where there's ways that you might be able to cook them, where they might minimize some of the some of the effects of them. But but generally, yes, I just I just find it safer to avoid them. You know my new well, challenge is going to be to know. find a NSNG version of scalloped potatoes for you. I'm going to find a way to do this. Yeah, you we'll know. see. Okay, maybe, maybe. Okay, so the the sugar is in the starch. So if you boil and then rinse, maybe because I know that if you boil potatoes and then take the potatoes out and leave that pot of water sit there, you'll have starch in the bottom. I mean, it's how you can harvest starch yourself. Corn is a lot more abundant in starch, but potatoes are fucking right there next to them. And as far as, you know, amount of starch in it. But so, like, maybe, maybe that, because I, too, um, am a whore for scalloped potatoes. Um, oh, God, potatoes, Julian. Oh, blah, 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 blah. Dude, you're, you're going to flood the mic, bro. With, oh, yeah, uh, potatoes. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I'm, I'm a big fan of taters, sadly. Not being able to have them is is such. Sometimes I get a hankering, um, and it's a, for a specific thing, and it's for the supersonic breakfast burrito at Sonic with the jalapenos in it. But the only flavor I want is the jalapeno and that tater tot in the same bite, and I absolutely have to have it. Oh, that's interesting. I mean, I'm I'm with you on that supersonic burrito, but I get mine without the jalapenos because I actually don't want to have to douse my asshole in a river. Halfway through my day, but I get up oh. on that salsa that Sonic has. That definitely goes all over that burrito. All over it, and then that burrito is going in or around my mouth. Oh, most most definitely. I have to say though, have you ever had a Moe's burrito? 
Moe's burrito. I cannot say I've never had Moe's burrito in or around my mouth. Oh, that sucks. Um, I'm trying to think. <laughs> well, no, because they used to have one called a home wrecker, and I assure you, this thing took two hands to eat. I've had a few of those. Oh, <laughs> quit talking about fucking so burritos. Good. I'm hungry, man. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> Plus, you can smell the chicken that's cooking. Yeah, actually, the, the chicken it's kind of the chicken has an interesting smell to it. It's not. A, I mean, it, it smells great. It's just it was. It's not exactly what I expected. I guess, but you haven't even like seen what I've done to this thing yet. The most you know is that we tested the brine in bag theory because we're going to put the big bitch turkey with brine in a bag instead of hauling a 42-quart container and trying to fit it into my refrigerator for an overnight brining of this thing. That's the other thing we didn't talk about during Toast and Jam was the fact that our intention is to smoke the turkey for the holiday. Brine it. Fuck yeah. And smoke it. My uncle always does a, a, a deep fried turkey, and he's pretty good at it, so it comes out pretty uh, pretty, pretty juicy and succulent still. So. Oh, I've heard yeah, those are fucking yeah, phenomenal. I, 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 yes, I've, um, yeah, one of the family gatherings I went to um, when, when, when I was with the ex, uh, yeah, that, I, I, I believe one of the, that was, e- it was, it was, it was either a Christmas or a, it was most likely Christmas because that's when we would go to see them as opposed to, anyway, the, but that's, but yes, the, the one time they did it, they did a deep fried turkey and it was, it was definitely an interesting way to do it. It seems like it's a lot more volatile than smoking it, but what do I know? So, uh, yes. So you can look online and you'll see a bunch of videos of people overfilling their fryer and then putting a frozen turkey into the fryer and then burning their whole fucking garage down. Yes. I think it's hilarious. And and honestly, that's going to be my new addiction uh, to check out because I'm sure that they'll be easy to find. <coughs> but I can. Oh, cool. I, you'll get new ones. <laughs> right. Um. So I guess this should probably be the time when I tell you, phone boy, I have a deep turkey fryer oh you do huh? i do okay well, well well i should come off mute yeah we should we should uh we should consider this in the future but maybe after we have the house and uh you know yeah i don't i don't know I, that i, I don't know that... read up on yeah. <clears throat> how to do this yeah, yeah we, we might could well, consider that I don't know what ice foods in a fryer does i mean you don't want to put it in frozen that's the main thing and you want to make sure that you have enough volume space left in there that when you displace the oil with the turkey it doesn't overflow into your burner i mean an intelligent you know, person would put the fucking turkey you, in the pot it's real hard to fill the oil fire. and then pull the turkey back out Till it was time to put it in. That's how you prevent overfilling is know your volume space. Put the item in there that you're going to need to <coughs> displace, you know. Yeah, I'll do a test run. Yeah. I mean, it never hurts. You know, failure plans plan to fail, right? That and the fact that a little, you know, an ounce of prevention could be the difference between testing the theory to know you have enough oil but not too much as opposed and then to... Being a- Go in rogue, and then you burn your whole fucking house down. Yeah, well, it's it's kind of like the reason we did these brine chickens is because, um, well, we wanted to actually test the theory that brining brining via a vacuum seal bag would actually work, and so we, and it worked like a damn charm. That yeah. big bitch that was in the bag, so not the one that was in the pot. Brining that's gonna be that's gonna be something I look at now. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god, you will never do another fowl without brining it. It will change your world. 
it is so it makes the meat so tender and so flavorful <clears throat> and you can basically put whatever you want in your brine like the one that i use has kosher salt rosemary thyme parsley cut lemons honey garlic water i mean it's it's dumb simple but i've had ones oh, where I, cool. oh, and bay leaf too yeah. Ooh, yeah. You ever see those videos of people fucking have their Chipotle burrito and they open it up and they're like, what the fuck, Chipotle? And there's a whole leaf in my burrito. And it's a fucking bay leaf. <laughs> no, I have um, not actually seen You're not seen supposed that. to eat a bay leaf, right? No. Uh, I mean, it's not like it's going to kill you I don't if know you do, why they fucking put it in there, but it's not like it's off the ground. You know what I mean? It's a fucking bay leaf. If you don't want to take it out, <laughs> you know, you watch them make your shit. <laughs> like... You would think uh, that you could be like, um, okay, uh, no bay leaf, please. No anchovies, please. I have no made the anchovies. mistake, though. Not going to lie, I have made the mistake where I've made, um, I can't remember off the top of my head what it is, but I have a dish that I make that requires me to put like three bay leaves in there. And it's got tomato in it, I know. It gets really thick. Trying to fish out these bay leaves. And I have, at times accidentally missed a bay leaf and it's just not a pleasant experience when you're <clears throat> chewing a mouthful of this and you and you come upon that leaf it'll it'll definitely sour your mood yeah i mean i don't understand why they would put a whole fucking bay leaf in a burrito anyway but it's fun to watch people panic about it <laughs> that's the fun part yeah yeah well um I think I should probably get inside here. I about smoked the whole fucking blunt talking to y'all on the phone tonight. Hey, that makes us feel really appreciated that you're uh, you're token and passing in the Lotus tonight. I gotta tell you, I, I, I <laughs> I'm hope actually you're gonna be... pacing back. I'm pacing back and forth in my fucking driveway. To be honest with you, because <laughs> that's where I get inception. <laughs> I, I believe that. Is it cold as fuck? <laughs> nah, bro. It's actually. Um, See, my dad used to tell me stories. He said, uh, it didn't matter what the fuck you were for Halloween because you had three coats on because there was a foot of snow on the ground. And it's like 60 out here right now, so. Nice. Yeah, it's pretty chill. Uh, it's pretty chill. Pretty chill, chill. Um, That's awesome. Wait, uh, got some beers. Got some weeds. Gonna um, have a fun time in Studio 33 tonight. Hell Yeah. Oh, um, I ordered a fucking uh, splitter for my headphones um, to go to 3.5 uh, 3. millimeter jack to um, the component um, little green and red for the microphone and headphone on the PC so I can use my um, headphones to um, when I call in next time, maybe I'll be able to, like, you know, get through on not a cell phone. Oh, yeah, you mean like uh, a clean feed link? Yeah, like, you know, join in for a few minutes and not actually um, have to use, stand, walk around in my driveway. Yada? Right, right. You know? That would, that would be amazing. I know the listeners would love to have a session where you're in on it, like last night with oh, NetNet and I everything. Don't about all that. I, I don't know about the listeners. You know, maybe we'll try it out in Studio 33 first, but I'm not sure the rest of no agenda cares about my psychotic ramblings 
No, no, no. I'm talking about during Studio 33, how, like, yeah, sometimes yeah. it's that would late be in the night. And, yeah, it gets late in the night if it's kind of lulling around. You know, if, if the Bemrose brothers are around, clean feed links will inevitably go out and shit talk will occur. I mean, if did, were you listening last night by any chance? No, I wasn't. Um, I was watching TV with the kids. We were watching Inuyasha and... Um, some people will know what that is. Others won't. doesn't matter. Um, and I actually, I, I tuned in for like five minutes and I was like, yeah, I'm, yeah, it's too much going on in the house. So I didn't tune in last night. So, Oh man, you missed the most epic time when uh, Sir Bemrose and Bemlet and Dame Bemrose all got on the same, like everybody had a clean feed link. Net Ned called in. It was the most debauchery I think we have had in the entire time we've been doing Studio 33, Rideshare Radio, the whole thing. It was just absolutely yeah. out of bounds. I mean, I don't even know how we got on the subject of strange dildos, but I knew exactly what Dame Bemrose was talking about and immediately oh, pulled up Bad oh, Dragon. Um, I saw this fucking show. I think it might have been the one that I referenced to in Bowl After Bowl the other night. Uh, shout out Spencer and Lorian. Love you guys. Um, the uh, This chick, she had a whole mantle shelf. Like, oh, she probably had five or six shelves up her wall with all these strange dildos. And she's like, this one's Gorefox Destroyer. And this one's fucking Alpha Omega fucking Baby Killer 9000 or some shit. Probably from like, Bad Dragon. And then, um, but there, some of them are fucking like, dude, I mean, you know, good Lord gave me some blessings, but some of them put me to fucking shame. And I was like, Jesus Christ, woman. And, um, so then she proceeds to say, to tell the fucking interviewer, she's like, uh, now don't you think there's one of them up here that I haven't tried yet? And I was like, (laughs) I can't, uh, that's too much, dude. Like, I'm sure some of those you get down on them, and by that time you can fucking look in the mirror and see it poking out your throat. You know what I mean? Oh no doubt. Ugh, every coffee tastes latex, bro. That's too much. Ugh. Yeah, I I truly like. Oh God, I, I can't even disagree. Although I'm extremely fascinated because apparently, they Bad Dragon now has toys that uh, light up. This is. This is inappropriate, I'm not going to lie, but I'm also hella fascinated by the fact. Dude, you could be a glow worm. Oh, yeah. Fuck yeah, dude. Big squeeze your tummy and you could light up, giggle, giggle. I actually just posted the link to Bad Dragon in the chat for anyone who's curious about what we are talking about. These are some next level out of this world toys. I meant to bring them in. My bad. That is, uh, sorry. Um, it's okay. That's, um, I heard you guys talking about it earlier, and I wondered where this chick had probably gotten all these. I mean, they're basically monster dildos. I mean, you know, yeah. she got like a Godzilla, um, and you know, they're they're yeah. this one's made after a lizard, and like you said, the uh, the uh, dolphin pussy and all that stuff. I was like, God, it's just, just things I can live without knowing that people want. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, where I, that's that's one thing that just absolutely perplexes and boggles my mind. Who in the hell is looking at a at a dolphin going? Mm, well, I want to give it to you tonight, Flipper. I want to 
Say some of them. You know what I mean? You know, I don't kink shame or nothing like that, but when you involve in animals or like, you know, that's just kind of, you know, I'm weirdo and I'll call that shit fucking weird. Jesus. Yeah, it does not have the weirdo seal of approval. Bestiality at its finest. No, no. Bye means no. In any language. Yeah. Yeah, no. The flipper. (laughs) I do not want to know the sound that a dolphin makes while having sex. I also don't want to know the sound a man makes while fucking a dolphin sex toy. Okay, okay, now I have to, I'm going to have to ask this question. So my mother used to take pictures of people swimming with dolphins. I wonder and how many of those encounters that occurred, if there was any um, dolphin sex that occurred. I, 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 I don't there know was, why I want to know the answer to this question. There was a, question. Chick of, uh, uh, a chick at SeaWorld that fell in love with a dolphin or some shit, wasn't it? And they, had, they ended up having to fire her because she was having a, a sexual relationship with the fucking dolphin. Yeah, you, I had but, not heard about she, that. But, but, I'm now mortified. But what she probably said about the whole thing is, these dildos taste like chicken. <laughs> hey, this is shit that comes uh, out of people's mouths. We do not make you know, it up. Hey, I think, wait, did you guys talk about this before? But did you know that it's illegal for humans to interact with dolphins? What? No, no I didn't. You're not allowed to interact with dolphins. Then how the hell? Because that's how do not at all, not at all. Like you know, like they're on the endangered species list, some of them and shit like that, whatever. But like, you're not supposed to fuck with them, and yeah, you know, yeah. But you're not you're not allowed to interact with them. I haven't double checked that or not, but I've been seeing it everywhere. It was been it was a viral thing that went around, and um, you're not supposed to interact with dolphins because they're super smart and talk to you. Yeah. Okay, the, so um, how do people get away with swimming with them? Because it's monitored. It's 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 a paid. You know, you you're paying. You're there. You're there for fifteen minutes, and then you leave. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's... Well, yeah. Well, but uh, yeah. Well, um, well. So I think um, yeah. Well, I, I'm glad you called in, weirdo. This this was it was this was a nice surprise, and uh, we could uh, absolutely we could probably talk to you for a while here. But I think we'll uh, try and uh, oh, try yeah, and... I'm going on, on. So I, that's a Midwestern goodbye right there. I said bye ten minutes ago. Yeah. So <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, about done with this right. burning my fingers yeah, now. Well, I, well it's, it's funny because because behind the mic, I'm going, hey, can you talk for a few minutes? I need to go, um, you know, Bemrose. I, I had to vamp while he made coffee. So believe me, the fact that we were doing. <sighs> Midwestern goodbye? Yeah, not a problem. Midwestern goodbye is a potential show title. Fucking ramble, bro. Just hit my line, bro. I'll fucking, yeah. (laughs) We talk for hours, but we can bullshit. We can go on and on, you know. Yeah, exactly. I got 80 of them. And we do. Yeah, so. So. All right. I think we'll, uh, I think uh, we're going to move on. I love you guys. Fucking awesome. Uh, No agenda. I love you. Um, Everybody, have a wonderful time. Uh, Tune in, Studio 33. It's going to be a blast. Bye. 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 Alrighty. So nice. All right. Well, okay. So I do want to go back to the story and I'm going to have to actually, I'm going to, cause, cause this is going to create another time code. This is, I'm doing this on the fly, of course. Uh, so, well, that's okay because you know, 
Again, if you want to be part of it, 253-237-3321, call in. We'll definitely uh, talk to y'all. We love our pedal heads. Yes, we do. So, um, okay, so the story we were talking about before, does cannabis use affect empathy? And I believe, the, and from my own experience, I think that the answer to that is yes. I mean, I had, I had considerable empathy before, but I was also in a very toxic environment. So between that and, and, and you know, and, and, you know, getting away from that and, and, and use of, uh, you know, use of the holy herb, I, I think, I, I think my, my empathy has increased my, and my understanding, my awareness of ever of everything around me is, is, is much better. And it, 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 I, I believe, I truly believe that it does. Um, honey, what do you think? I would definitely agree that it affects the empathy. Um, sadly, sometimes <clears throat> negatively, sometimes positively, um, the negative comes in when you just get so overwhelmed because all of that energy is just heaping on top of you. And it's not even necessarily that people are doing it on purpose. It's just whatever they're going through as an empath, it gets heaped on you. And sometimes it's just difficult to have the empathy because you're just so overloaded. And that's where the negative comes in because you become numb or desensitized to the person's plight. So instead of being the very sympathetic uh, person, you become the, that's a whole lot of your problem person. Yeah. Well, and I think, so, I mean, I think an example today when, when we were dealing with, uh, when we were dealing with stuff earlier today, right. Um, we were on the phone and, um, I could hear what was going on and, you know, that, and, and now that's some awareness that I have is it was uncomfortable, but I'm able to handle it now because I, first of all, I understand that the feeling that I'm experiencing is not my, they're not my feelings, right? So the fact that I'm feel I just happen to be, I happen to be receptive to those feelings and, 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 and experience them when, when I happen to be in the room and, and yeah. I've had plenty of instances where I can pick up the feelings of others and, and, and they, they, they impact me. I've known this from a very young age. So, um, but you know, when that, when I'm doing that, if I'm, if I'm, if I'm smoking, it actually, it helps me to be able to, to, you know, to calm down enough to be able to see, to see it for what it is and, and realize that, yes, I may be getting, I'm caught up in this for a second, but it doesn't affect anything that I'm doing because uh, because I'm able to actually be detached from it in a way and be able to see it for what it is and uh, and not and not allow it to um, you know dictate what I end up deciding to do. Uh, exactly. Yeah. So now, meanwhile, um, well, here's here's the next uh, here's the next story. Yeah. Well, you know that's just like uh, your opinion, man. Okay. I'm going, I'm going to I'm going to call bullshit on this next line that I'm about to read because um, well a study published earlier this year found that the cure for too much self love might be uh, euthanasia. Now um, you know they're they're equating narcissism with too much self love. I think I'm pretty sure most narcissists I know are, are self loathing. Um, they hate they hate themselves. They hate everything and everybody, and they think everybody else is responsible for making them happy. So, um, yeah, maybe we'll give them a, a change in perspective. Uh, so, a, so the findings published in April in the Journal of Personality Disorders and based on a three-month evaluation of more than 300 adults suggested that after ceremonial use of euthanasia, self-reported changes in narcissism were observed. Although the researchers did urge some caution. 
However, effect size changes were small, results were somewhat mixed across convergent measures, and no significant changes were observed by informants. The present study provides modest and qualified support for adaptive change in narcissistic antagonism up to three months following ceremony experiences, suggesting some potential for treatment efficacy. However, meaningful changes in narcissism were not observed. Now, more research would be needed to to adequately evaluate the relevance of psychedelic-assisted therapy for narcissistic traits, particularly studies examining individuals with higher antagonism and involving antagonism-focused therapeutic approaches, the researchers wrote. Now, the study involved 314 adults attending euchanasia ceremonies at three retreat centers in Peru and Costa Rica. All participants were required to be at least 18 years old. Now, those with a personal or family history of psychotic disorders were were, um, also excluded from the study. Now, participants were recruited through emails sent two weeks prior to the start date of the reservation at the euchanasia retreat center. Now, as compensation for participation, researchers offered them a report detailing their personality changes and entry into a raffle for a week-long retreat at one of the euchanasia centers valued at $1,580, the publication SciPost reported. Now, a study released last year found that euchanasia yields more benefits than adverse effects among those who have used this drug. But the study, which came via researchers in Australia, also noted that participants did experience negative effects as well. Now, a press release of the study provided a breakdown of the findings. Now, overall, uh, acute physical health adverse effects were reported by 69.9% of the sample, with the most common effects being vomiting and nausea, and 68.2% of the participants. Headache, 17.8%, and abdominal pain, 12.8%. Only 2.3% of participants reporting physical adverse effects required medical attention for this issue. Now, among all participants, 55% also reported feeling adverse mental effects, including hearing or seeing things, feeling disconnected or alone, and nightmare and having nightmares or disturbing thoughts. However, all of the respondents identifying these mental health effects, 87.6% believed they were completely or somewhat part of a positive growth process, the press release stated. Now, the researchers also identified several factors that predispose people to the adverse physical effects, including older age, having a physical health condition, or a substance use disorder, lifetime euchanasia use and taking euchanasia in a non-supervised context. Now, the authors make the observation that a euchanasia has notable, although rarely severe, adverse effects according to the standards used for assessing prescription medicines. In that sense, they state that euchanasia practices can hardly be assessed with the same parameters used for prescription medicines, since the myriad of effects include challenging experiences that are intrinsic to the experience, some of which are considered part of the healing process. Now, interestingly, it is didn't know this, but it doesn't surprise me. In Berkeley, California, uh, this summer, city officials approved a measure to decriminalize euthanasia. So, which basically means that we're, we we're directing our uh, law enforcement uh, uh, officers to not uh, to uh, to basically consider uh, do not uh, do not enforce these rules. Uh, that's the that's pretty much what that means, right? Yes, it is. Yeah. So. I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. What, I, I don't know. I mean, I guess it's something. Is that something we can get our hands on? I don't know. It'd be interesting to find out. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it, it could be interesting to see. I mean, yeah, I'm. You know, we, we're we're still figuring stuff out about this uh, about this stuff. Although it is interesting that you know this is kind of a self-reported uh, you know group of people people that actually paid to be part of the experiment. You know, it's kind of interesting. So exactly. Yeah. So, um, but I think it's time to go to the back of the napkin. What do you say? iPhone, my phone. The way I see it, the only good phone's a landline, and the phone should be made out of Bakelite. Yeah, there's no new iPhones um, coming out, but... Uh, nope, there's just uh, Phoenix cooking. What about you, Carl's Jr.? Fuck. Fuck you. I'm eating. 
Yeah, see, that was a fucking misfire, yeah, bastard. Yes, I don't think. Uh, yeah, I think you got. Okay, so the question is, you're, yeah, so the we have brine chicken in the oven. I can smell it. So uh, we do. Uh, we as we were talking about when Weirdo was on the line. Again, two five three two three seven three three two one. If you want to uh, call in and weigh in on dark meat or light meat. Uh, so yeah, we took um, because we're gonna brine our turkey for Thanksgiving. We were doing a little proof of concept by taking one of the chickens and putting it in a vacuum seal bag, putting the brine in and sealing it, and then putting it in the refrigerator. It's a very great space saver for being able to brine something of such a large size. Because I have expandable bags that, by hook or by crook, I will get this bag to work so that I can... Um, brine the turkey in just a bag you know maybe put it on the turkey platter itself so that in case any juice which i don't expect any leakage because when you seal those vacuum seal bags with that heat seal we use the brand bags that came with it so they're really good quality but nonetheless i mean it's a big goddamn piece of poultry to have to try to brine so if I don't have to have a 42-quart container to take up space in my refrigerator for an overnight with this turkey in it, or worse, have to make gallons of brine so that I can put it in our cooler, which just in and of itself offends me, the thought of putting food that you're going to consume in, in a cooler in that capacity. But nonetheless, for proof of concept, put one of them in a bag and then realized with what's going on behind the mic in our place we have two more uh two more mouths to feed so we're gonna have to have another chicken so we quickly thawed another bird and then after rideshare radio last night more like this morning uh i went down and put the second bird in a pot and i had made brine before starting rideshare radio so it was chilled and i could pour it in the pan to the level I needed and then stuck that one in the fridge. So both birds were effectively brined. And then I took them out of the brine, patted them dry, stuffed the smaller one with the herbs and sprinkled them both with some, uh, like Mrs. Dash from, um, Costco. Yeah. It's, that was, it's their, um, it's their know. version of it. Yeah, exactly. Which I have found, I really like this seasoning. So yeah, I oiled the birds and dusted them with, that seasoning and put them on a roaster pan. All right. Well. And the oven started itself around quarter after five our time. I figured when we got done with the show and went into Studio 33 that shortly therefore after we would be having something to eat. And we will have pictures to go along with all of this mouth-watering food talk. Yeah, that's right. Well, meanwhile, I think uh, we have the, here we have our next story. Fire! 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 Yeah, well, that's uh, that's what happens when uh, when an, uh, an electric vehicle, uh, well, it catches fire, fire, fire. I'm sure Beavis would be excited to watch it because he, he <laughs> I like to burn things. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, uh, so 
But firefighting uh, uh, is a whole new game in electric uh, vehicle era. In fact, departments across the United States are finding out that the best way to fight such fires is to simply let them burn, according to a new report by the Wall Street Journal. Now, the report points out that EV fires, unlike traditional gas-fueled car fires, are more enduring, challenging to extinguish, and prone to reigniting, according to firefighters and experts. Yeah, it's those lithium batteries, you know, all those minerals, you know, the brown children in sandy places. Yeah, it stores a lot of energy, and then when it, you know, if, it, if it's not controlled properly well you get what you get right um so it also cites uh, uh, by the way this this okay i'm gonna write, say it, it also cites and example it should be an example this is from the this is from the fucking article itself um from franklin tennessee well uh, uh, where first responders encountered a nissan leaf ev in september which required forty-five thousand gallons of water to douse significantly more the, than the 500 to a thousand gallons typically needed for gasoline vehicle fires let that marinate for just a minute since that's kind of local for us yeah these these things are bombs on wheels. Yeah. Fire Marshal Andy King has stated, I think if we were faced with a similar scenario next time, we might need to let it burn. Now, the journal reported that in the U.S., over 170,000 vehicle fires occur annually. However, the National Fire Protection Association, relying on federal data, doesn't categorize these fires by the vehicle's power source. Now, the Tesla claims its cars have a much lower fire incidence compared to the national average, a finding echoed by some independent studies regarding EVs in general. Now, my Michael O'Brien, fire chief of Michigan's Brighton Area Fire Authority and chair of the International Association of Fire Chiefs Battery Committee, told the Wall Street Journal, when we look at how much money is going into battery plants, into the EV transition, there hasn't been that carve out to prepare the fire service. Now, um, EV fires typically originate in the car's lithium ion batteries, which hold vast energy. According to UL Solutions chief scientist Robert Sloan, these fires can start due to poor design, damage or internal lithium buildup causing thermal runaway yeah you yeah you want to know how much chinesium is in those fucking batteries folks? a lot, lot lot yeah you know these batteries um these batteries containing combustible chemicals and self-oxygenating properties can reignite long after being extinguished. Now, Tom Miller, an instructor at West Virginia University Fire Service Extension and the National Volunteer Fire Can uh, Council, could I volunteer to be a, to, to volunteer fires in, in uh, Wisteria Lane? That would anyway. That, Wow. Yes. Down boy. Yes. Highlights that these fires are also related extremely to uh, extremely toxic fumes. Now, fire departments are adapting to electric vehicle fires, which often originate in lithium ion batteries. And in Jersey and California, firefighters let Teslas burn out after accidents as water can be ineffective against battery fires, as the journal wrote. Now, some firefighters are exploring techniques like using fog streams to cool fires enough to move the vehicle. Now, new technologies such as specialized nozzles and fire suppressing batteries are being developed to address these challenges. Now, the National Fire Protection Association recommends additional safety measures like sprinklers and parking garages to counteract increased fireworks from modern vehicles. Okay, I need to stop this story for a second. They just told you. Okay, so in the in the in in the in the prior bit of the story, they said, okay, a, a typical vehicle fire causes you know that requires like 500 to 1,000 gallons of fuel. We now have no, a water. Yeah, water. Of water, it's for right? Extinguishment. Yes. Now they said at least on in, in a Nissan Leaf EV that required forty five thousand gallons of water. Yes. You realize that that's like an or that's like an order of magnitude or or two. Like holy shit, that's. And they're saying that spr a sprinkler is going to help a fucking vehicle fire in a fucking enclosed space. Are these people fucking high? 
Clearly. Yes, I mean, because they're saying, oh, just put sprinklers in there. Well, they just told you that, that in the previous part of the story. It's like, does anybody fucking read this shit? Like, holy crap, I didn't even catch this when I was when I was reading this story. Now, meanwhile, car man and manufacturers and suppliers are working on innovations like early warning sensors and materials to contain battery fires and research into solid state batteries is ongoing. Now, regardless, firefighting organizations continue to seek effective strategies for dealing with EV fires with new guidelines expected the near future. How about about get rid of the EVs? But that's just my opinion, man. I'm I'm right there with you. And anyone who has not seen um, the video of the electric bus that was parked next to several other electric buses that just spontaneously burst into flames and took several of the other buses with it. That's what's happening in these garages. They're like <clears throat> super heated fire tunnels so as soon as that ev goes up anything around it is going to go up which is going to cause even more devastation i mean it's just get rid of the evs i mean there's there's no other way to put it these things are fucking dangerous they're not worth the money they're not worth the risk you green assholes who think you're saving the fucking planet okay you're destroying the fucking planet every time your little uh virtue signal mobile goes up in flames yeah, exactly. Now, um, <clears throat> I think we should probably move on to the next story, however. I'm sure it's only a glitch. A temporary setback. You call this a glitch? Now, the EV startup uh, uh, Rivian uh, fat-fingered uh, an update, uh, uh, basically bricked the vehicle, right? Um, so the EV startup, which makes well-regarded pickup trucks and SUVs, as well as delivery vans for Amazon, pushed out a new over-the-air software update on Monday. Dun, dun, dun. But not a... But, all is not well with uh, 20, uh, 20, uh, 2023.42. The update stalls before it completes installing, taking out both infotainment and main instrument display screens. Now, I'm going to put this, um, I'm going to actually put this GIF into the chat. I think it's a, uh, it's, it's so um, good that I'm about to read about here. So Rivian VP of Software Engineering, uh, Wasim uh, Ben said, uh, explained the problem in a post on the on Rivian subreddit. And that's how you know they're a great company, I guess. Hi, all. We made an error with the 2023.42 OT. TA update, a fat finger. And then they use the words, not not me, right? Even though that is a even though that is a standard IT term, right? Um, where the wrong build with the wrong security certificates was sent out. We canceled the campaign and we will restart it with the proper software that went through the different campaigns of beta testing. The service will be contacting impacted customers and will go through the resolution options. That may require physical repair in some cases. This is on us. We messed up. Yes, I, you know, you fucked up. Thanks for your support and your patience as we go through this. Now, an update was posted. This issue impacts the infotainment system. In most cases, the rest of the vehicle operations are still, or systems are still operational. A vehicle reset or sleep cycle will not solve the issue. We are validating the best options to address the issue for the impacted vehicles. Our customer support team is prioritizing support for our customers related to this issue. Now, and yeah, now Rivian is still apparently working on a fix at the time that this article came out. And perhaps the, the gift that I put in the chat here uh, and it will be in the sh it'll be for the art for this uh, for this chapter and by the way if you're not using a podcasting 2.0 app that can see these uh, can see the links that we uh, as we as we talk about it and uh, and provide the, this nice little uh, animated uh, uh, gif of, of, a, of, a, of a software update um, yeah you're know, missing out you're missing out so um, yeah it's more stupid IT stuff it's like sometimes auto updates are great and sometimes well they, they, they're they great if if they if they're successful if they can be successfully deployed uh, without uh, people necessarily 
necessarily noticing that something went wrong. However, they, these these fuckers sometimes will uh, deploy something that that ends up uh, making making things bad. You know, it does. And uh, what's not bad is uh, right here. Humanity was incapable of solving even its most basic problems, like garbage, which had been stacked for centuries. Yeah, this next story is definitely some garbage. I'm shocked, shocked to find that gambling is going on in here. You're winning, sir. Oh, thank you very much. Everybody out at once. Yeah, so, Fox, you want, you want to go for this? I was going to take it okay, just go for, for funsies. Go for it. So... Fox Sports and Amazon Prime Video host Clarissa Thompson, or Carissa, sorry, Thompson, used to be a sideline reporter for NFL games, but she admitted that not everything she reported was true. So speaking on the Pardon My Take podcast, Thompson talked about her experience as a sideline reporter and the conversations they have with coaches and players, primarily just before or right after halftime. Typically, before the game starts, the sideline reporter will give any details coaches told them, but she sometimes made up what they said. I said this before, so I haven't been fired for saying it, but I'll say it again, Thompson said. I would make up the report sometimes because, A, the coach wouldn't come out at halftime or it was too late, and I was like, I didn't want to screw up the report, so I was like, I'm just going to make this up. She then explained there was no harm in anything she would say to audiences. No coach is going to get mad if I say, hey, we need to stop hurting ourselves. We need to be better on third down. We need to stop turning the ball over and do a better job of getting off the field. She continued, like, they're not going to correct me on that. I'm like, it's fine. I'll just make up the report. Several reporters criticized Thompson's admission of giving fake reports with people saying it hurts the credibility of the job and trust with coaches. Young reporters, oh, sorry, I lost my place. God damn it. Young reporters, this is not normal or ethical, ESPN reporter Molly McGrath said. Coaches and players trust us with sensitive information, and if they know that you're dishonest and don't take your role seriously, they've lost all trust and credibility. You've lost all trust and credibility. There's that fag talk we talked about. <laughs> mm hmm. A good portion of the public doesn't trust the media as is, the athletic reporter Chris Kirshner said. I can't believe she would proudly admit this. This causes significant harm to the people who actually take the job seriously. It's entirely unethical and worthy of never working in the field again. What a bad look for the job at hand, former U.S. soccer star and Apple TV MLS analyst Taylor Twelman said. Sideline reporters who put in the work and hustle for gaining the respect of the subjects at hand don't deserve this narrative. If and when you lie, you hurt all of those in the profession and those coming after you. Weak. Yeah, you know, the funny thing about this, because this is kind of like the, no, the, the basically, if you're going to lie to us about the fact that you actually talked, it's like you're, you're lying about your, you know, the, the, if you're lying about something insignificant, you know, you know, what are you going to, what are you going to do about something that actually matters, right? It's like, what? well, and I don't like, okay, maybe it sounds sketchy. I do not understand why she had this sudden attack of conscience that she just had to tell the world Oh, sometimes I lied. Sometimes I made it up. Bitch, you could have gone your whole fucking life to your grave without ever an uttering 
a word of it. You know what it would have impacted? Not a damn thing. Now you look like the biggest douchebag ever to have done sports commentating. Way to fuck it up for us girls. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Now, um, okay, I think we should move on to the next story here. David, you have one of the worst cavities I have ever seen. Okay, have a good day. Aren't you gonna fix it? Well, I'm not a dentist, I'm a dental monitor. I just tell you when you have a bad cavity. It's bad. Lunch? Oh, yes. Where are you going? Why monitor a problem if you don't fix it? Yeah, well, um, apparently um, Experian, uh, I've, I've, so unfortunately, uh, a couple of years ago, I had to deal with the, uh, with, with the act of actually uh, trying to wrestle my identity back from uh, the three major credit bureaus. And so to see Brian Krebs uh, uh, of the Krebs on security fame writing a, a, a yet another article about the, the, how uh, basically the lax um, uh, security practices at Experian, it's a little bit, uh, it's, it's kind of a... It's kind of an issue. So, so in the summer of 2022, Brian Krebs uh, documented uh, the, the the plight of several readers who had their accounts at Big Three Consumer Credit Reporting Bureau Experian hijacked after identity thieves simply re-registered the accounts using a different email address. So, yeah, I had to go through this myself. Uh, this is so I had to kind of I was actually trying to get my stuff back because you know my ex did stuff right. So. Um, uh, 16 months later, Experian, Experian clearly has not addressed this gaping lack of security. Now, Brian Krebs has, uh, uh, knows because his account at Experian was recently hacked, and the only way he could recover it was by recreating the account. Now, Krebs recently ordered a copy of his credit file from Experian via annualcreditreport.com, but as usual, Experian declined to provide it, saying they couldn't verify his identity. Now, attempts to log in to his account directly at Experian.com also failed. The site said it didn't recognize his username and or password. Now, a request... For his Experian account, username required his full social security number and date of birth, after which the website displayed portions of an email address he never authorized and did not recognize. The full email address, of course, was redacted by Experian. Now, Krebs immediately suspected that Experian was still allowing anyone to recreate their credit file account using the same personal information, but a different email address, a major authentication failure that was explored in a story Krebs wrote last year. Experian, you have some explaining to do. So once again, he sought to re-register uh, as himself self at Experian. Um, <clears throat> the homepage said Krebs needed to provide a social security number and the mobile phone number, and that he'd soon receive a link that he should click to verify himself. Now, the site claims that the phone number he provided would be used to help validate the identity, but it appears you could supply any phone number in the United States at this stage in the process, and Experian's website would not balk. Regardless, users can simply skip this step by selecting the option to continue another way. Experian then asks you for your full name, address, date of birth, social security number, email address, and chosen password. After that, they require you to successfully answer between three to five multiple-choice security questions whose answers are very often based on public records. When Krebs recreated his, inf uh, the, his account in uh, Recently, only two of the five questions pertain to his real information, and both of those questions concern street addresses we pre uh, they previously lived at. This information that is just a Google search away, honestly. Now, assuming you sail through the multiple choice questions, you're prompted to create a four-digit PIN and provide an answer to one of several pre-selected challenge questions. After that, your new account is created, and you've direct and you've directed to the Experian dashboard, which allows you to view your full credit file and freeze or unfreeze it. Now, at this point, Experian will send you a message to the old email 
email address to the account saying certain aspects of the user profile have changed, but this message isn't a, re isn't a request seeking verification. It's just a notification from Experian that the account's user data has changed, that the original user is offered zero recourse here other than to a click to a login at Experian.com. Now, Krebs recounts some similar experiences reported by his readers. Now, and I can say based on my own experience trying to regain access to my Experian account at the beginning of my divorce, now, the experience that they've uh, that they talked about isn't all that different from the one I had. I mean, I had to go, uh, like I said, it, it, I had, it was it was a gong show, and I, I did eventually get my access back to it. But uh, yeah, but it boggles the mind that 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 yeah that because I mean, even when I was going through the process, I'm like, this is you know, I mean, I'm I'm glad I was able to get in, but on the other hand, I'm sitting here as a site as a professional, going, yeah, it's pretty easy for somebody to get access to this stuff. I mean, it was uh, you know. Um, so, you know, in December 2022, Krebs on security alerted uh, Experian that identity uh, thieves had worked out a remarkably simple way to bypass the security and access any consumer's full credit report, armed with nothing more than a person's name, address, date of birth, and a social security number. Experian fixed the glitch and acknowledged that it persisted for nearly seven weeks, holy shit, uh, between November 9th, 2022 and December 26, 2022. Now, in, in April of 2021, Krebs on security revealed how identity thieves were exploited lacks authentication on the Experian's PIN retrieval page to unfreeze uh, consumer credit files. Now, in those cases, Experian failed to send any notice via email when a freeze PIN was retrieved, nor did it require the PIN to be sent to an email address already associated with the consumer's account. Now, a few days after that April 21st story, Krebs on Security broke the news that an Experian API was exposing the credit stores for most Americans. Now, now Experian has been in the news um, for their poor practices really since at least 2013, and, and, it, and this is one of the big three, right? You, you would think that they would have their shit together, but clearly they don't. What the hell? I mean, I, I don't even know what to think about this. But um, I, it, it's just it's it, yeah. We, we and we're and it's and it's and these and these these companies, honey, they they seem you know the, that our numbers like seem to con at these at these things seem to control a lot of it. And it seems amazing for how people like can easily can potentially like steal your identity and do shit. And it's really fucking scary because you can't do jack shit credit wise without one of the big three. And I assure you, this is not somebody in their PR needs to get on top of this and quickly because they're going to end up with more lawsuits and shit than they can handle if these breaches are allowed and these vulnerabilities are exploited by enough bad threat actors that they're definitely going to have some splaining to do. Yeah. Meanwhile, I think uh, this next story. Welcome to Costco. I love you. Well, okay. We, uh, apparently, Siri also weighed in on this too. Um, so, um, so companies like Wal so this so Rev. I think Rev's going to like this story because uh, uh, companies like Walmart and Costco are finally starting to rethink the idea of self checkout lines as backlash against it has grown, according to a new Yahoo Finance report. Now, anyone who has not heard Sir Rev Cybertrucker's viewpoint on these self checkouts, his opinion, much like a lot of us, is. I didn't know I was an unofficial employee of, you know, fill in the blank store. And I actually said that at a Lowe's and the woman who was working the self-checkouts got a little bit of an attitude 
And it's like, look, it's not my fault that your company and many other companies have decided that instead of employing human beings, they're going to employ a fucking computer that guess what? Instead of human beings who have brains, this asshole thing is going to fuck you over when it comes to loss, because we all know how easy it is to cheat that scanner system to not scan a product or uh, look, I don't have to tell y'all how to cheat them. You all know how. Okay, the loss amount that these stores are incurring through these self-checkouts is monumental. Don't let them bullshit you. And it's ridiculous that even with using a self-checkout, there's still a human being that has to be there when you have to have an age verification for the purchase. You have to, you know, some stuff like in our grocery store, the tag on it, even though there's a barcode on it, oh, you're not supposed to uh, scan that and then it fucks the machine up completely and you can't check out until a employee comes over and puts their little thumb on the sensor and pushes some buttons and then chastises you like you're supposed to know you can't scan the fucking barcode on a lemon i'm glad these things are going by the wayside fuck them yeah, no kidding. Yeah, it's um, but uh, British supermarket chain Booths is leading the way, removing them all in 28 of its stores. Now, managing director Nigel Murray said our customers have told us this over time, that the self-scan machines that we've got in our stores can be slow. They can be unreliable and they're obviously impersonal. Some customers don't know one different apple versus another, for example. There's all sorts of fussing about with that. And then the minute you put any alcohol in your basket, somebody's got to come over and check that you've got the right age, uh, he added, which, yeah. So there, that's I've, I, when I when I have to go to our uh, to go to our local grocery store to uh, to to procure um, uh, things that require a, a, you know age restriction. I have sto- I've basically stopped going through the self checkout. And, and it's yeah. not worth it. Yeah. So. Um, so the report says that Booth's customers often incorrectly identified the fruits and vegetables they were purchasing at self-checkout stations. Additionally, buying alcohol... Yeah, I already said that. Okay. Initially, introduced in the 1980s to reduce labor costs, self-service machines transferred the work from employees to customers. There you go. Yes. They gained popularity in supermarkets in the early 2000s, especially during the pandemic, as they allowed shoppers to avoid close contact with others, according to the Yahoo report. However, retailers are now reassessing self-checkout due to its association with increased merchandise losses, both from accidental errors and deliberate theft, a phenomenon known as shrink. This issue has been escalating, especially when you're talking about the the, the state of the economy, with some attributing it to shoplifting and advocating for stricter penalties. Now, the, yeah, oh, oh, you mean in the country, you know, like in the places where shoplifting for anything under one hundred and nine nine hundred and fifty dollars isn't going to isn't going to get you, um, uh, you know, isn't isn't going to get the police's attention? You know, I mean, yeah, because, you know, they're understaffed and they have better and more important things to do than respond to a petty theft complaint exactly so so um a study across the U.S., Britain, and Europe revealed that retailers with self-checkout lanes experienced about 4% loss, more than twice the industry average. Now, issues attributing this to this include prospe- products with multiple or non-scannable barcodes and the need for consumers to manually enter codes for items like produce and meat, leading to an accidental or, or unnoticed errors in scanning. Now, customers have exploited the minimal supervision at self-checkout aisles, engaging in theft through tactics like not scanning items, substituting expensive items with cheaper ones, using fake barcodes, or even scanning every everything but leaving without paying the report asked now by the way i want to point out something when we've uh, when we've had issues scanning with scanning certain shit at at kroger right uh i've had one of their employees basically do that to get the item to basically scan the wrong item to get it to to work yeah 
It's yeah. not just customers that are scamming the system. Yeah. They're not trying to scam the system. They're just trying to get us out. So, you know, the, so that loss, quote unquote, is not, uh, you know, is, 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 it's, it's obvious right there. You know, it's like, look, they're just trying to help us give them, you know, um, they don't like these damn self checkout machines any more than we do at this point. Um, but, um, so, you know, the curb losses, so stores have, in, have enhanced security at self-checkouts, such as installing weight sensors. However, these measures often lead to more errors and customer frustration, requiring staff assistance. And in response to these challenges and consumer feedback, some stores are altering their approach. For example, Walmart removed self-checkout machines in select New Mexico stores. Okay, um, that'd be interesting. Maybe they need to remove them in all their fucking stores. Now, ShopRite discontinued self-checkouts in a Delaware store following complaints, and Wegmans scrapped a mobile app for scanning and pay for groceries due to losses. Now, Costco, noticing that non-members were misusing membership cards at self-checkouts, has also increased staffing in these areas. Now, Costco and managed, management acknowledged that the increase in shrinkage was partially due to the introduction of self-checkout systems. Well, duh. Yeah. So it's, it's interesting that they're saying that they've increased staffing in the areas at Costco where non-members are misusing the membership cards. Why don't you just get rid of the fucking self-checkouts, put that increased staffing in a fucking lane, and have some human, hi, how are you? Oh, look at that big old hunk of cheese, don't you know? Oh, what are you doing, all these grapes, don't you know? Yeah, the, the Jesus of, fucking Christ, use yeah, your head, the, corporations. The, yeah, the amount of, yeah the, the, given the amount of money I spend at Costco these days, no, I do not, I do, I do not, I do not do the self-checkout lane. No, no you, fuck you, I'm not your employee, you're paying me absolutely nothing. If anything, you're taking from me with inflated prices for things that may not be worth that which you are inflating them to. And then you want me to be free labor? Eat a bag and suck my ass. And I think we need to move on to the dishonorable mentions. Y'all are a bunch of fucking degenerates. Where's the kaboom? There was supposed to be an earth-shattering kaboom. Now, after multiple delays, Amazon on October 6, 2023, successfully launched two satellites into space. Uh, now, Amazon says both satellites are working properly and have completed some early tests. The service is being built to offer high-speed internet to both homes and businesses. Uh, now, so, um, now Amazon has announced that they have successfully tested video streaming, shopping, and other basic tests on Amazon's satellite internet service. Now, but we want to point out, the way they spelled Amazon, this is a pure uh, typo. In the article itself, from the copy-paste, and we purposefully left it in the script to highlight it. Talk about a massive typo. A-M-A-O-Z-N. Yeah. Your, your typesetter and, and proofreader, you're fired. Yeah. Now, Kuiper was an idea on a piece of paper a few years ago, and everything we learned so far from our proto-flight mission validates our original vision and architecture, says Rajiv uh, Bajal, Vice President of Technology for Project Kuiper. Now, we still have a lot of hard work ahead. Scaling for mass production won't be easy. To get these results on your very first mission, though, and so quickly after launch is an incredible feat, and it's only possible because of the expertise and dedication of our team here at Amazon. Um, now, I mean, like, I mean, Elon Musk was doing this with Star is doing this with Starlink. Right. I mean, you know, so it's not it doesn't it doesn't require the team at Amazon to do this. It's also, by the way, it's only two satellites. You're going to need a whole lot more than that to cover the fucking United States. Right. I mean, when they did this test, they, they, they have two nodes up there and they basically had to wait for them to come across the test area to do it. Right. I was reading the article. It's it's like, OK, well, you know, I mean, it's not it doesn't require Amazon to do it. And of course, it's interesting that Amazon's getting involved in it. They, you know, they, they plan to have three uh, different tiers with speeds up to 
to a gigabit downstream. I don't know what the upstream is. Um, you know, the nan antenna is required to, with this uh, of, of sorts. And they even have one that they've created a, one that's actually portable, right? So it's almost like you could do it like a portable hotspot, but uh, it has a very small antenna. There, it's like a, I think it's a seven inch square is what what it said. But um, but like I said, it's just so Amazon's getting its tentacles into every kind of porn, I guess. You know. Oh, somebody please ISO that. And any tentacle, you, you can do that. Um, can you play the next clip for me here? Yes. Right, this is a Babylon B story, but I couldn't consist. I couldn't resist it. Just I had to play. You know, I'd be able to play that clip. Now I also had to be able to. Uh, um, this we also because we we talk about the Catholicism of the Pope all the time. In fact, uh, this is something we do. Yes, we do. And so, uh, therefore, when I saw this, I, I said, "Honey, this is this is fucking hilarious." Pope Francis has officially sacked Bishop Joseph Strickland of Tyler, Texas, for being way too Catholic. What does that even mean? Yes, exactly. Well, so. Despite repeated warnings, Bishop Strickland refused to stop being so Catholic, said Pope Francis, and he adamantly held firm to Catholic doctrine. And there is simply no room for that in today's Catholic Church. According to sources, Bishop Strickland initially drew the Vatican's ire due to multiple episodes of him publicly professing the Catholic faith. Bishop Strickland um, had the incredible audacity to actually teach the, ca the catechism of the Catholic, the Catholic Church, said Cardinal Robert McElroy. Like even the really unpopular parts about gender and marriage. That stuff is so, how did the Pope say it? Backwards and out of touch. Anyhow, Pope Francis wanted to make sure all the Catholics out there holding fast to the Church's teachings as they battle an increasingly hostile culture know how truly alone they are. Oh my God! Anyway, this it's just, it's so a, sad. It's a it's a bullshit story. Totally. But yes, but uh, you know, I think uh, let's see. I think I need to. I think we're at that point of the um, we're at, we're at that point here where I've got to do some stuff, right? I mean, because it's because. Uh, so fucking over this yeah i mean that's right yeah we're, we're yeah and um you know we're i think we're, we're gonna we're gonna hang out for studio 33 and uh we'll, but uh meanwhile i think the show this show is over and it's it ends something like this jordan fades back swoosh and that's the game fuck you fuck you fuck you you're cool and fuck you i'm out You're still here? It's over. Go home. Go. Back to the shadows again.